Yellow and I don't mean the color. You're on the pod with Hannah. What's going on? Welcome back to Bards of New York, an actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. We would like to thank you for listening and encourage you to support us by telling a friend, finding us on social media, and watching us live on Twitch, Mondays at 6.30 p.m. EST. We appreciate all of your help and we love you. Now, on to the show. Hey everybody, welcome to our third stream of Bards of New York. Today we are starting our second of our group of one-offs with all of our players, where they all at the end will come and meet in the same place. So today we are starting off with our good friend uh, Drew Nowden and his character, and then we'll take a bit of a break, then we'll go over to our Kyle um, Knight's character, and then ending the night we will have Hannah's character. Points of order before we get started is number one if you uh, haven't seen we have our first two episodes on podcast forums and up on youtube so if you guys aren't on twitch or aren't using twitch or want to listen to it on the go uh, we have it on podcasts that you guys can go and listen to we can i believe we're on spotify apple Podcasts. there's links in all of our socials if you really want to check it out ryujin you find yourself camped between two soft hills. You've been, you've left Revan about a few months ago. And in that time, you've gone from village to village, just kind of meeting people, talking to people. And in your travels, you found yourself heading south. And currently you are on the hunt of this large wolf who has been stalking the southern part of the countryside of Revan. And it's brought you all the way to the edge of the border. You sit there, it's sun has just set. The the sky is still a little light and dusk, but the cold air is starting to sweep in. Off in the distance, you see this dark cloud hanging over this large, known as the Seraphic Terror. The night's pleasant. You see a few thunderbolts coming out of these dark clouds hitting in it. It's ominous, but also beautiful and enticing in many ways. You stop to make camp and tracking this beast, knowing that it is continued south just breathing in the night air. What do you do? I think, you know, we're, we're camping. You said we're camping right now? Or yeah, I am camping. You've uh, stopped to make a quick uh, meal. Um, you've been tracking most of the day and you've kind of narrowed it down and like it's gone south and it is starting to enter this more of a canyon land area where the hills turn a little bit more into uh, rocky cliffs. Um, This large black wolf you've been tracking and you have gotten a little close to the border of the Seraphic Terror, which is the natural border between the uh, Amber Kingdom, which is the kingdom that uh, the Duchy of Revan belongs in and the United Territories of Armania to the south. Gotcha. 
I think I want to do a little like reconnaissance, like check out the border, look around, see what's going down. Okay, dope. I love that. All right, so uh, do you pack up camp at all, or just head on on right out? I just yeah, I'll leave. I won't pack up. I'm just gonna just gonna check it out. Okay, perfect. So you throw a log on your campfire just to make sure it's still going by the time you get back and you head on out. Uh, could you roll me? Or, so question, is this more of just like a looking around or are you trying to track the wolf? I, yeah, I'll say I'm tracking um, just to see, just to see how far it's traveled and Perfect. How then, long. Could, then could yeah. you roll me a uh, survival check, please? Absolutely. Ryujin's first roll. That would be a 16. 16, dope. Um, yeah. So you very quickly, um, the thing about this wolf, it is a, a very large wolf. Uh, and you've been tracking it for a few days. So finding its tracks uh, in this kind of, in at least the softer earth from where of the hills that you've been tracking it in, very easy to find. You come up onto a hill and you find the tracks and it leads down into this small canyon land that like. Uh, it's like two hills, but it looks like the hills have been cracked in the middle. And there's these like rocky outcroppings along the side of it that lead deeper in. And the rocks themselves are, it's not the normal gray rock or um, basalt that's more in this area. It's this kind of black sandstone that's jutting out into um, sharp points and spires. The tracks lead down into that canyon. Gotcha. Um, I think, and so the tracks lead here. So I'm, I'm thinking this is the wolf is in this direction, or am? Well, I'll ask this. Can I make a perception check to see if how if the wolf is close? Absolutely. Yeah. Roll me a perception check, my friend. I rolled a two. Ah. <laughs> So you, with the, the darkness settled in and not, it can't really tell, it's hard to spot the wolf with uh, the naked eye. However, you do know the tracks lead down there. So if the wolf, and it doesn't seem like anything has uh, double backed to leave. So some the wolf has gone down into this crevasse between these two hills. All right. I think I'll go back to camp. Or actually, before I do, I want to uh, take a look around to see if I can find any kind of meat for okay. myself to cook. All right. Uh, roll me one more survival check then, just to try to find some game, some small game in the area. That is a six. Six? A six or a nine. That is a, that is a six. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> a little bit like, oh, dang it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so with the six, um, it's hard to find any like game. Like you find, see a couple like small birds, but they're not worth any. Uh, there's some a few orchards around here and some fruit bearing trees. So you're able to actually find like a uh, kind of an underripe apple and maybe a, uh, a berry, like some blackberry bushes uh, for a meal. Cool. Yeah. I'm gonna take I'm gonna take that back and I'm gonna 
prepared the best I can. Your bounty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. All right. So you head back, and is there any specific way you want to prepare it, or are you just going to make some food? Just make some food, you know. Okay. Um, so you you put the apple, you like take half the berries and you put it in a pot, boil some water to kind of make a, a bit of a fruit tea. And then the rest you just kind of munch on as it's boiling, just to have something in your stomach. Uh, as you look out towards the seraphic tear, just enjoying the night fire and the, the task at hand, uh, something strange occurs. And you don't need to roll for this because it's, it's pretty obvious. You see a lightning bolt down. One passes, then down in the same exact spot. And then another moment passes and and this keeps building and building to where it seems 10 succession lightning bolts land on off in the distance, kind of to where you went and scouted out, but a little bit further than where you went. And it's almost seemingly the same location. The site is surprising. Uh, you, it's, you've never seen this naturally before, and it's enticing. I'm definitely interested in seeing what's going down. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back. <laughs> Put the rest of the berries in your mouth and head on yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so it takes another about like another. You've scouted out about thirty minutes out and got the lay of the land. Uh, kind of looked along the border, and for the most part, that border is relatively the same. It's uh, kind of turns from these hills into kind of more of this like kind of rocky badlands into these more uh, like crevasses that just lead down and slope down. You head towards where you saw those lightning bolts, and it leads you to the, where you found the tracks, right there. Uh, that same crevasse that leads down and deeper. I'm gonna, I'm going to prepare my weapon and continue forward. Okay. Uh, Would you like to, as you're now slowly moving way forward, please describe yourself. What does it look like as you move? Yeah, absolutely. So Ryujin himself is, um, He's about a he's about five eleven, um, so he's just above average height for a human, uh, and he is a dark skinned male with kind of he's got dreads and they're pulled back into a ponytail with like an undercut. It's kind of got this like Oof. yeah um, yeah sexy yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's right now I guess he's like crouching low just like surveying looking around uh moving forward with caution uh yeah knowing that this wolf is still in the vicinity but also very curious about these lightning tricks. and the the weapon you pulled out could you describe that oh yes yeah, yes um so i region has a double-bladed scimitar which is this kind of like double-sided weapon that you can kind of like weave and spin around and stuff yeah. um and this is a it's more of an elven weapon of origin. So uh, I think he received it living in Revan and training and whatnot. And he earned his uh, right to achieve this weapon from the scholars. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, it does, is it just, is it one 
piece or does it like detach in any way or yeah so it's actually uh two two blades that come together and detach um he usually likes to use it as one full blade cool that's that's awesome so uh all right excellent so as are you so as you move down into this crevasse are you trying to be a little stealthy or are you just like most just keeping your eyes peeled uh yeah i'm 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 working on stealth here okay uh roll me a stealth check then please cool cool that is a 19 and i have a proficiency so that's That's a twenty-three. Ooh, all right. <laughs> yeah. So with uh, with that twenty-three, you know, like you know this, you know this land. You're good at moving your way through it, and you know, even if there was something, you know, it wouldn't see you. You you kind of just are a step ahead of whatever could be down here. Uh, so moving your way from bush to bush to scrub oak um, and in the shadows behind these kind of jutting sandstone you get in to this kind of it's like a circular uh, canyon one opening on one side the black sandstone rising up uh, and in the center you see almost like it almost looks like frozen water coming out in different directions Um, I think I'm going to advance. I'm going to walk toward it. Okay. Uh, you make your way forward and you couldn't really tell in the night, uh, the soft, uh, earth that you were walking through down through the hills has now turned into more of a sand. And it's this kind of grayish, uh, sand that uh, seemingly matches the sandstone, but also looks a little bit mixed with the regular yellow sand that we see. Uh, you step closer and this seemingly frozen water, what it looks like is actually glass that has been uh, flash solidified by the lightning strikes. Uh, you're able to discern that and roll me a investigation check. Okay. It's a 16. 16. Uh, you kind of inspect this uh, glass crater, um, looking into it, and in the center of it, half buried in the glass, is this cylindrical object. I'm gonna poke it with the uh, part of my blade, okay. see if anything happens. You you poke it, and it has a reaction that's almost like stone. Uh, it's feeling on the end of your blade it doesn't feel necessarily fragile but it it is embedded in this glass so it's it doesn't budge it doesn't move it just kind of tink tink all right i'm gonna i want to try and break the glass Mm -hmm. uh roll me an attack on the glass I just rolled a natural 20. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, so with, uh, you just quickly just take, like, undo them and just kind of like very very methodically and quickly like, and just chip away at the glass. And it, it's pretty brittle and it's able to break away pretty quickly. Uh, it only takes about a minute to 
um, dislodge this cylindrical object. And um, after you finally get all the way around it, breaking the glass, it wobbles a bit. Like, not like, it wobbles just because it's now unstuck. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I think the region at this point would investigate by touch. So he's going to pick it up and just okay. explore it. You, you put your scimitars away, you reach out, you grab it, and it comes up and it's this egg-shaped rock, seemingly. It has these, it's like an iridescent color as the moonlight from the, the two full moons in the sky hit it. It gives off this like oil on water look and it's slightly warm to the touch. And if it's that's from the lightning or something else, it, it warms your hands as you hold it. It's, it's about like you, it, like you can hold it in one hand, uh, but in, it fits like about in two, about the size of your head, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, he's going to keep it. He's going to... I don't think he knows what it is quite yet, but I think he's curious enough to see what it would be. And so he might take it somewhere. So I think he's going to keep it. Hell yeah. So as you you have a little... Uh, your backpack, you want to do it, you, you pop it in, close it up. And as you sling the backpack back around your back, you hear a... Right behind you. You turn around and it's that big black wolf standing behind you with its red eyes glaring directly at you. What do you do? I think I'm gonna pull my weapons back out. <laughs> cool. That's <laughs> the first first course of action. Okay, you you pull your weapons out and the wolf just kind of starts pacing. side, blocking you from the exit leading up. First, I'm going to try this peacefully. I'm going to see if I can communicate through animal handling uh, with this wolf. Okay. Uh, so we roll. Yeah, roll me an animal handling, animal handling check. Um, Are you uh, on d Yeah, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 16. <laughs> 16? Oh, yeah. So, um, let's see how... Okay. So, you, you, like, Jurassic Park, you put your hand out, and like, and just kind of, like, take a stance of authority, but relaxed. With your... You still have your scimitar in one hand, hand out, and as... And you start to pace opposite of the wolf. Just kind of following each other, eyeing each other. And you guys switch places, and the wolf is there by the glass, just looking at you. <sighs> Roll me a perception check. All right. That is... 15. 15? Yeah. Uh, you see, out of the corner of your eye, just kind of... Back on the other side of past the glass to the left, you see these pups come out of the small cave in the side of the cliff. And they come and they just kind of put their heads out and you see the, the big black wolf kind of look towards 
the pups that are coming out and then looks towards you and like gets bigger and alright it's a mom maybe alright um I think <laughs> yeah I guess I don't know that didn't didn't check um <laughs> uh yeah, I think I'm gonna have to engage because I don't think there's any way. I, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get away from this one. Also, I've I been will, hunting I will this, say so. you are now, um, before with that animal handling check, you guys have switched sides. So you have the exit behind you, and the wolf is with the animal handling check. It's not necessarily an aggressive stance; it's more of a defensive stance. Defensive. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So just giving you all the information, but if you want to get a cool new pelt. I support it. I mean, <laughs> that's enticing. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I think I'm into it. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna engage. <laughs> All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, roll initiative, then, my king. <laughs> All right. Cool. Oof. Uh, I do math. Uh, thirteen. Thirteen. Yeah. All right. Okay. And then Wolf got a two. So you are about, I would say, about 20 feet away from the wolf. Uh, And it's your turn. All right. I think the first thing I'm going to do is use the longbow. All right. And I'm going to knock an arrow. Okay. Just roll attack. is a 14. 14? That hits. Just hits. Um, so as you... It sticks into the side of the wolf and roll damage. Gets through the thick hide, the matted fur. So I'm just figuring out... I mess this up every time. <laughs> Learning a new character. Yeah. <laughs> Not the wizards right. you're used to. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is a 4. A 4? Yeah, so you, yes. Yes. <laughs> And it sticks right into the side of the wolf and it gives that a, a quick yelp, but then quickly then starts bounding towards you and it's going to do its attack on you. Uh, so it is going to do two claw attacks as it kind of comes up and with its claws. Uh, a 20 beat your armor class? Yeah, me definitely. All right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and so rolled, it rolled 218, so it's going to be 220, so both hit. Uh, and. didn't do a whole lot of damage, rolled poorly. So you take a total of four damage from this wolf as it kind of go, 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 shh, shh, and like, just like rips into you and kind of rips your cloak a little bit and then just kind of gets up on your neck and just like blood just starts seeping out just a little bit. Uh, now it is up in your grill. Your turn. All right, I'm going for the, using. The, I'm putting the longbow away and I'm <laughs> switching to the scimitar. Oh, so you just kind of like toss your longbow and just like so fluidly pull out your scimitars ready to go. Roll your attack, attacks, attacks, because you're technically dual wielding. Yes. Yeah. That's a 15. That's going to hit. Roll for the uh, offhand attack now. Unless do you have uh, the, what's your fighting style? Do you have that yet? I don't think. Hold on. Do you have like, is it archery or two weapon fighting? I, don't, maybe I that's think I two. did two weapon. 
Yeah, I did two weapon fighting. Okay, cool. So do your uh, so do you do your two attacks and you add your modifier to both damage if you hit. All right. Yeah. And that's twelve. Twelve. Uh, yeah. Uh, twelve to hit. Oh, sorry. Oh, twelve points of damage. Twelve points of damage. I'm sorry. Oh. I was rolling for each hit, or should I roll for one at a time? Roll for both attacks. Roll for both attacks. You only roll for the first attacks. So roll for the second attack now, too, just so we can get All it. Right. Yeah, so if the first one hits, but let's see if the second one hits. Oh, I added, sorry, I added that together. That's, I, I mean, rolled that's, it twice. Oh, okay, well, let's that's see if the I'm second saying. one hits, and if not, we'll just have yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's my fault. You're good. So You're one of the new character, buddy. <laughs> Oh, that was a 15. A 15? All right. That hits. Both hits. So let's just say it does the 12 points of damage. So that's now uh, 16. All right. You So you it comes up and you just like doing two deep cuts into the side of this wolf and it's whimpering. And it, now it is its turn. And it just kind of like whimpering backs off and just is like afraid of you now. All right. And that's how it spent his turn. Your turn. All right, I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my scimitar pieces together. Oh. And I want to go and slash that way. Okay. <laughs> uh, roll and attack then. All right. That was a sixteen. A sixteen? Yeah. You cut into it. Roll for damage. Seven. Seven? Uh, yeah. With that seven, uh, you uh, it's over to you. How do you want to end this? All right. I think what I'm going to do is... Yeah, I'm going to take I'm gonna take the scimitar. I'm going to, like, twirl it a little bit, and I'm going to go for the head and de- decapitate it. Whoa. Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> so you just... And the, the wolf is confused of all the whirling and the damage it just took, and you just bring it down... <laughs> find the opening and the wolf just falls and the head just on the ground. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, combat's over. You look, you, you like, look at this big, this large beast. It's one of the bigger wolves you've seen in the area. And actually you were given a, a bounty to uh, kill it because it's been terrorizing some livestock. Uh, just over to the left where you saw those pups come out. You see them just cowering in the corner, afraid. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I feel it's kind of terrible. <laughs> Killing this, uh, I killed your mom, kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go over to the pups and try with the animal handling check try to calm them and make them feel less scared I'm, I'm so down for that I need you to roll me an animal handling with disadvantage because you did, did just kill their mom yeah, yeah no no that's fine yeah um. <laughs> I, I just rolled a natural 20 again two natural 20s that was that's the second one I just that was the second one Wait, so you rolled a nat- two natural 20s on disadvantage? Oh, no, this is... Uh, sorry, that was... Sorry, no. Okay, all right. You're right. Oh, and that was a 19, so the second one was a 19. 
Oh, okay. Well, uh, you still... So the total was 19, or what's the total? I rolled twice. The you got a 20 and a 19? And a 19, yeah. And what's your um, bonus to animal handling? Oh, animal handling, right. I forgot I have a proficiency. You're good, bud. 21. <laughs> a 21? Oh, my God. Yeah. So you see these scared little pups there's there's three of them there's uh two black and one gray pup uh seemingly only only like maybe six to eight weeks old uh and you quickly like are like uh like the guilt kind of washes over you a little bit take out some jerky and they come up and they start like not like like one like the gray one bravely comes up and And starts biting at it, uh, and then the two, the seeing the gray one go, the two black ones come up, and they are like looking, like coming, looking at you for more jerky. They, they're seemingly pretty hungry. Yeah. Um. I wonder if. I wonder if I could bring these pups with me, <laughs> and sell them or something. You. you I'm yeah, not, I think I, I want to try idea. that. I want to. I want to keep them for now. Okay, uh, so how are you going to transport them? Um, I guess my bag is full, so. Mm-hmm. I will say you do have your cloak, which you could kind of just throw them in like a sack. <laughs> and yeah, just kind of like bound, like <laughs> do the cloak up and have them in over your shoulder. I think that's I, what I'll do. <laughs> you're like the child snatcher from Chitty Chitty yeah. Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. And take I, the children. Yeah, I yeah. love it. Um, okay, so you're you're able to kind of you throw some jerky into the cloak. The taking it off, the cold air kind of gets to you, um, but uh, it, you're still kind of hot from that fight. So they you kind of coax them into the cloak. And you do them up, and they're they seem to be a little afraid at first and move around, but at a certain point they relax and they're just kind of in in it. Um, definitely nervous, but they're in the cloak. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna make my way back to camp. Okay. Uh, and do you bring the, the the big dead she wolf with you? Yes. Okay. Uh, you make your way back to camp. You uh, after it takes a little bit longer to get there because you're dragging this big the, the big heavy wolf carcass with you. Uh, the fire has died down a little bit, just a small flame and some embers, and it's now you're a little tired, but you are. You have completed your task, and you have three new wolf pups and a mysterious egg-shaped rock. Incredible. <laughs> Everything I ever dreamed. Really? <laughs> um, I think at this point, before resting or anything, I, I think I want to skin the, the wolf. So you take your time, uh, you skin but it. I want to make sure the pups are asleep first. I want to put that out there so they don't see this going on. Okay, just as, as you take them out to roll the animal handling, take care of the pups, Can uh, just to see, like, you did just kill their mom and drag them in a sack. You did give them jerky, but you also dro- dragged them around in a sack. Roll me another right. animal handling just to see how, how long it takes for you to calm them down. All right. That is a 15. 15? Uh, yes. With the 15, it takes you about 30 minutes to like get the pups out, 
like feed them a little bit, relax them, and you make kind of a small out of like sticks and branches. Uh, you kind of weave them together to make this small pen for them to exist in against this rock so they won't just start wandering. Uh, and then you go to start skinning the she-wolf. Uh, I'll say it is a bigger wolf. You only get about, because of the decapitation, you only get about a th- uh, two th- uh, three-fourths of the hide. Uh, but it is very big, so let's just say you have one whole wolf pelt. And then a uh, severed wolf head. Uh, do you have the pelts? Do you want anything else from the wolf? Or I think I... I yeah, I want to keep some of the meat because I didn't fare so well in the hunting earlier, so... Okay, absolutely. So you you you, you, you know how to dress it. You're able to gut it. Take the meat that you know is uh, the most palatable on these bodies. They're a little the, with this; it's so muscly. It's a little, it's a little uh, tough. Yeah. But um, you're able to kind of find the more fatty parts and have that. And you uh, you cure it, put in some salt, put it in your bag for later. Uh, and yeah. Okay. Anything yeah. you want to do tonight before you retire? I think. That's it. Okay. So, uh, we'll, part one of this is done. We're going to do a slight time jump a few weeks, a couple weeks in the future. So you have gone to the village where you got that job, returned the wolf pelts, or the wolf head, I would say, unless you want to keep it as proof. Uh, do you, did you keep the wolf pelt? Did you sell it? I or the, I kept the wolf head for the proof of killing the wolf for the mm-hmm. for And the did job. you give it to him or did you like, hey, it's yeah. mine now? No, I, I gave it to him. They can hang it on their wall. Hell yeah! Okay, uh, yeah. This this um, mayor who you bring it to, like big fat belly, is just kind of sees and goes, oh, "That's nice." Uh, uh, and he pays you uh, fifty gold for your um, work. Do you try to sell the pups, or do you hold on to them for a little while? Um. I'm going to try and sell at least the two black ones. Okay. Those um, were the ones that were afraid of, more afraid of me anyway. So. Okay. Um, roll me, this is fine, I've never done this before, roll me a charisma saving throw to just try to, like, sell these pups, you know? Okay. I could go to the little, like, center market area. There's a few people in this little town just, like, kind of selling some radishes and stuff, and you come with your three... <laughs> baby wolves that's a 14 14 all right with that 14 uh there's a one local hunter who uh you had met previously and had tried to hunt that wolf but failed uh comes up and looks at you and goes yeah i'll uh give you 25 gold pieces for the one of the black ones all right um, sure, that's fine. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he gives you 25 gold pieces and he takes, uh, there's two, there's a, a male uh, black one and a female black one. I'll give, I'll give him the male. Okay. So you have uh, the two females with you because the gray one is female as well. Uh, 
Okay. And but you keep you you spend like a couple hours trying to hawk up the second wolf, but nobody's really buying. It's kind of a small town. There's there's some villagers who are like like, what do I do with a wolf? Reason to protect you. <laughs> um, however, I will give you this. Uh, they do say that there is a larger kind of uh, trade outpost to the south. It, it exists right on the border of. Revan and the uh, Duchy of Camden Mesa, um, which belongs in uh, the United Territories of Armania, the next, the kingdoms to the south. There is a, uh, a trade station, a caravan stop by the name of uh, Last Stop. And they said there are a lot of trade tradesmen and tradespeople go through there. Well, I tell them thank you. <laughs> uh, the old lady goes, "Yeah, of course," and just walks away. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. I think I want to make my way there then. See if I can. All right. So we're just gonna do uh, a little time jump then. Uh, it takes right. from where you are. It probably takes. Uh, I would say a little around a week to get there. Uh, it's a good, maybe uh, three, uh, two hundred, more like two hundred miles away. Uh, so you get there, and it's this. Most of this town's just one big. It's a big inn right in the center of it, with a few kind of houses and a stable, small blacksmith. Just it's like for like horseshoes and stuff. Uh, but it is bustling because there is a caravan in town, uh, and then there is a. This caravan is pretty large. There's a lot of individuals uh, who exist. There's a there's a, a rug seller. There's a person who um, seems to have have exotic pets there, uh, and just kind of anything you can think of. There's these covered wagons covered it, and they're ready to make the trip down south through the canyons to Camden Mesa. Yeah, um, I'm gonna head over to the exotic pet. Person. Yeah, so you head over to the this, the, this one uh, elf has this kind of short, swept back red hair. Ears kind of come up and just droop just a little bit. A little bit older in years. Bit of scruff. Uh, he turns around and just sees you with the two wolf pups in your arms. Uh, and takes a peek and goes, Hey, uh... What are you doing with those? Uh, well, what's your name, sir? Oh, uh, uh, my name's Duncan. I, oh, uh, nice, to, nice uh, to meet you. Animal seller. Nice to meet you, Duncan. Uh, I'm Regen, and I have these pups here. Uh, I was wondering if you wanted to buy one off of me or uh, something. I mean... Yeah, uh, kind of like gets a little closer and looks at the the two pups and says, "Hey, a little a little skinny, but they seem to be pretty healthy." Uh, and I'll give you, I think a fair price would be about forty gold pieces uh, for each. All right. Well, I'll yeah, I'll give you the black one. All right. Um. Yeah, sure. Um, do you need? Have you ever taken care of an animal like that before? I haven't. I would no. I haven't. All right. Um, 
How about, uh, can we work a little deal? I'll, I'll get you, I have a, a harness and a lead uh, and a training whistle that I can get you. Uh, let's say I'll give you 35 for the wolf and I'll also throw in those things with you as well. Sounds like a deal to me. All right. Well, uh, let me just get everything and I'll, I'll grab you the stuff. He counts out the 35 gold pieces, hands you a, a small little pouch of it. Uh, so add 35 gold pieces to your gold. Uh, and then a little, also hands you this two leather leads. One is like a harness that would go around the, down the back, around the legs to kind of keep it. It's a little big, but there are adjustable straps and he kind of shows you how to use them. Uh, and a leather leash. And the small, seemingly ceramic whistle. And when he blows it, you really can't hear it very well. But every time he blows it, you see a few of the animals kind of like 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 shoot up and look around from yeah. their their cages or their they have a little, there's a little pen that he's created and don't for uh, just to kind of be clear it's not they don't really seem abused like they're there and some of them are in like cages uh, but he seems to as like you're talking to him he's showing you how to use these things he seems to care at least enough not to just throw them in a bucket and throw give them to somebody but he's right. a, an exotic animal tradesman so <laughs> it's his job right uh, um so yeah. You now I have a harness wanna... and a lead and a whistle. Yeah. I also, uh, and then I say, Duncan, um, I also found this strange rock in the, somewhere. I was wondering if you maybe, it's egg-shaped. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's alive or if it's anything, but I just wanted to see if you knew anything about it. And I pull it out and I show him. Kind of looks at it. It's smooth, but you can't, he doesn't seem to really recognize it. There's no like in his eyes. Yeah. He looks at it first thing. He's like, it looks just like a rock to me. I, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, maybe they're the, the caravan leader may know a thing or two. He's seen some strange things and go talk to him about it. All right. Yeah. I'll do that. All right. Thank you. Uh, he's uh, just right up there and he points towards uh, through a couple wagons. There's this one individual and he's wearing, it's this large centaur. Uh, comes up, has kind of a, a longer face, this blonde kind of wavy hair and just like very kind of droopy eyes and just kind of looking around. Uh, on it, you see on the centaur wearing leather armor up top and uh, strapped to him is this large rifle across his back and um, another firearm on his hip where, or where his, like where his human torso meets the horse torso or whole horse body of the centaur. Um, and that's, he's like, that's, um, that's Modell. He's the caravan leader. He, he could probably maybe answer a few questions for you. I'm not sure. Well, thank you, Duncan. Um, also, Thanks for the tips on how to take care of this wolf pup. Yeah, and uh, very nice of you. Yeah, just make sure to a positive reinforcement is always important when you're training. Good to know. Yep, and uh, see you around. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I head over to Model. Is that his name? Yeah, Model. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you walk up to you see this uh, centaur talking to somebody, and he says. Yeah, I just gotta go over there. 
Uh-huh. Uh huh. And just kind of like flips his his like centaur hair in the wind a little bit, uh, and sees you coming up and just kind of looks at you and gives a little like smile at you. Uh, and I go, uh, "Are you Model, sir?" <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, who sent you? <laughs> oh yeah, I just I just met Duncan, um, and I was asking him about a couple of things, and he said that you might have some answers for me. Oh, all right. Uh, well, I'm happy to oblige, my dude. How can I help you? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I pull out the egg, and I'm like, I found this weird stone, egg-shaped stone, and uh, where lightning struck about. A million times um and i was curious to know if you knew anything about this if it was special at all or if it's just a rock well my dude all right oh uh, yeah i'll take a look uh uh sure can i may i uh, see your rock yeah and i hand it over he takes it and just kind of like weighs it in his hands uh kind of passes it a little between each hands and like inspects it he takes the piece like, oh, uh, <laughs> my dude, I'm not too sure what it is. Uh, I think if the closest place you may find somebody who may know what it is is in Camden Mesa. I got a friend over there who he may know a thing or two. Uh, and, uh, but sorry, man, I've seen some weird stuff, but more like just like not. This is just looks like a pretty rock to me, my guy. All right. Uh, well, um, so are, are you heading down with the caravan? Might as well, sure. All right, okay, my <laughs> dude. Uh, well, oh, he kind of like looks at your like your bow and your swords. Like, we are also uh, looking for volunteers for security for the caravan. Are you willing to uh, be amenable to helping out with some security? Sure. Yeah. Uh, does it pay? Yeah, yeah, well, we'll pay you about uh, five gold pieces for every day of travel, and the the trip down to Camden Mace is about uh, approximately like ten days. All right, yeah, I think that's feasible. All right, well, uh, we ship out uh, tomorrow morning. Of course, we're not on actual ships, my dude, but uh, <laughs> like you, you, you get it, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, he just kind of like then just like kind of like shakes his hair. His hair always kind of falls into it from his face and just kind of like shakes it back. Uh, I was like, "All right, well, you'll have you'll be in the front with me, the front of the oh, um, the front of the caravan with me." But uh, other than that, my dude, uh, just kind of hang out and keep an eye out for like any danger on the caravan. It's, pre- it's a pretty easy job. Yeah, I think All I can right. do that. Okay, my dude. Well, I'll see you in the morning, dude. Then. All right, righteous. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you now have a job for tomorrow. What do you do for the rest of the day? Any anything you want to do or? Um, can I get a quick recap on what other people were here? Yeah, for the most part, there's a there's a rug seller, the one that like he just has a couple of rugs laid out around his. It's easy to see because there's a bunch of rugs laid out around his covered wagon. Uh, uh, there's a couple small blacksmiths. There's a a stable within the town itself and a small inn. Uh, but a lot of people are just kind of camped out around. There's a a lake 
right next to this town. So some people are out swimming and fishing and it's kind of a nice, uh, not too warm. It's like 80 degrees. Uh, you're kind of, you're further south on the continent. So it's the winters, which it's technically late winter right now. It's uh, pretty mild. So people are still like, it's a nice, beautiful day. Yeah. Um, I think I want to go into the tavern, see what's going down in there. Okay. Yeah. You head to the tavern and uh, you enter in and it's, for the most part, pretty pretty generic. It's There's just some, not a lot of rowdy activity. It seems that people are kind of resting before the big day of travel. Uh, you see there is one, uh, the bartender in the back is this, uh, uh, this kind of thinner half-orc woman with this kind of curly short hair. I'm gonna go up to her. I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, I, uh, what kind of drinks you got? She, she kind of looks over and she goes, um, hey yourself and uh, we got wine, we got whiskey, brand, what, what, what's your poison? I don't know what you're talking about. Well, I mean, as long as it's not poison, I, I'm i down with anything. Uh, I, I, We'll go with the brown liquor. Let's do the whiskey. All right. All right. Cool. All right. We got some Shambhal uh, and Scotch, uh, which is a little pricey, but it's pretty good. And then there's some, uh, we just got a couple barrels of uh, whiskey that we just untapped from Vargerheim, uh, which is a long way, but it's uh, pretty nice. Or you can just have the the house stuff, which is just made over there in uh, Marvel Hold. Uh, the second choice. The uh, Vargerheim whiskey? All right. Uh, that's uh, one silver piece for a dram. All right. And she goes, takes, uh, there's this like kind of bottle that she takes out, just pours it, puts it down in front of you as well, and like moves the dram over to you. And she says, all right, uh, anything else? Yeah, I was wondering, uh, could you tell me anything about Camden Mesa? Yeah. Anything special? Uh, well, only been there a couple times, uh, but what would you like to know? Um, I mean, what kind of, is it, is there anything dangerous going on down there? Any, no. anything wrong that happens? I mean, I don't know too much, but it's a pretty big city. Uh, it's got a, there's a, there's a dark underbelly of it. I understand that. They call it the, I would think if you would want to get mixed up in there, I'd say, or don't want to get mixed up in there, I'd say, uh, keep a distance from the, the mud pits. Uh, that's a, seems to be the hotbed of it. Uh, but really it's a kind of a city of industry. There's a lot of cool, uh, it's where the league of widgetists exists. It's uh have you heard of them? I haven't. What's that? Oh, uh, they're, a uh, Mostly kind of kooky, like nerds. Really, they just uh, they like to invent things and create things, try to make things easier. And they all kind of congregate there at Camden Mesa. So there's lots of machinery. They got these moving stairs, and uh, they even said they're trying to make this like almost like an underground uh, trolley system. It's it seems like an interesting city. Kind of far fetched and a little too too crazy for me, but. Yeah, I think that the, the Doge seems happy to help everybody out there and support those things. And 
it's a big city, so it has big city problems, but it doesn't sound too bad. Do you think it'd be easy to blend in or anything? Oh yeah, there's lots of folks down there. I mean, I don't know where else you've been in your life, but it's um, it's kind of a, a melting pot of Cordia. If you don't know where you should go, maybe go down to Canda Mesa. And if you don't like it, try to find somewhere else. Well, so, thank you. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, what, do you want me to leave the bottle or are you you're good? Yeah, go ahead and leave the bottle. All right, um, then you're gonna have to cough up uh, an, another uh, gold piece. All right. All right. Takes it and says, all right, well, have a nice day. And your, your name was? Oh, yeah, my name's Ryujin. Ah, nice to meet you, Ryujin. I'm Marta. Nice to meet you, Marta. Yeah, she walks away. I'm gonna pack up the bottle. I'm gonna put it away. Okay. Just wanted to keep the bottle for the road. Stick the cork in it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to fast forward now. Uh, so the caravan leads off. You meet with Modell. Uh, and the first few days passed on the trip. It's pretty simple. You're going kind of following along a river. Uh, the kind of the grassy area of Revan quickly changes to more dry lands with some scrub oak and slight hills. And then after about the fourth day, the you see the canyons appear in the distance. They're these tall red canyons and you see the road, this ravine leads right down into it. It's different than the seraphic tear, which uh, you can always kind of see the, the dark ominous uh, gloom to the west. But as you continue south, and the gloom kind of disappears, you hit the canyons and uh, travel's pretty simple. It's uh, hot, but every they, um, but everybody kind of keeps their their things together and they share here and there and there's campfires and people just kind of tell stories and uh, the harmonica he brings out, he'll play it from time to time. And it's uh, pretty simple. Uh, on the seventh day, Three days till you reach Camden Mesa. Modell calls for a halt of the caravan. And he asks you to come to him. Uh, yeah, I go up there. Okay. You reach Modell and he... There's a, a worried look on his face. Uh, he's usually a very happy-go-lucky guy. Uh, Is there... Oh, uh, yeah. So I look at him, I say, any, any trouble... Dermo down. He goes, yeah. <laughs> Bailey says hi, everybody. Hi, Bailey. Um, he goes, yeah. Um, we're just. This is always a really tricky part because if you see up there and he points and you see the ravine kind of turn, uh, we call that over there uh, the star, and. It's where like five ravines kind of meet up. And in the past, it's been place, a place where we've had uh, individuals from certain groups like want to come and like steal our stuff. So we're just being a little more cautious because I just have a feeling in my hooves that something's going on here. So um, 
do you see that uh, point right up there? And he points to to your right up the canyon wall. There's a kind of an outcropping and a, a large tree that has seemed to grow and twist and points out. Um, he goes, can you uh, shimmy your way up this cliff and uh, peek out there and tell me if you see anything? Yeah. All right. And, oh, and he he pats a couple pouches. Uh, uh, this he gives you like a, a large metal whistle if you see nothing whistle once if you see something give it two two long hard tweets all right all right all right uh and if uh, if you see something they're close you better get down here quick to help us out all right gotcha all right my dude godspeed chief So I'm gonna climb up this. <laughs> this is it a cliff? cliff? What am I climbing up? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what's going on. Right. Think of it uh, uh, like southern Utah. It looks very similar to that. The yeah. canyon lands of southern Utah. Uh, looks up, and you can see it's not super. There are. It's like almost like almost approximately ten foot sections where you can kind of like climb up, get the hand stand, and move your way up. Um, so I just need you to roll me a flat out athletics to see how long it takes you get it up to get up here. We love it. We have a we have a proficiency. <laughs> seventeen. Mm-hmm. All right. With that seventeen, uh, you pretty deftly uh, get your way up and just like it takes a little bit of time because it is about uh, I would say like one hundred and twenty feet in the air. Uh, but you're able to kind of work your way up and you get to the top of this mesa and you land in the distance. Large twisting tree to your left going out into the star. Uh, can I roll a perception check? See if there's any... Absolutely. Uh, yeah, roll me a perception check. Fifteen. Fifteen. All right. Uh, so with that, you kind of look around uh, and here's what you see. Uh, you see three groups, two coming in from the smoke coming out. Uh, and they seem to be moving pretty fast, uh, coming from the uh, east from you. So kind of to your left from the, the coastline. They're coming in through two smaller ravines. There's also the third group that you see. Uh, and the third group is coming seemingly from behind you as you kind of look behind. And they're on top of the mesa. You see this dust rising as uh, you don't know if they're horses or something. And they're moving closer in. Um, and they all seem to be moving pretty quickly. All right. Well, I'm going to blow that whistle twice. Okay. Uh, and then so you give the quick tweet tweet yeah uh, uh, and then what do you have you're up here on top of this cliff now yeah um you said get down fast but I also have long range weapons so no I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna get down I'm gonna try and uh, scale this wall faster than I did going up okay so roll me another athletics check, and since you're going down and you've done it before, you kind of know where to go, roll with advantage. All right. 
That's a 19. 19? Yeah. Uh, Alright. Well, with a 19, you're able to just kind of like... Like, you'll basically like almost just jump the, every 10, like every 10, 12 feet down and land on that, that ledge. And you get to a point where you're about 30 feet up. And by the time you get all the way down, you see those two groups have now come up and they've blocked you off from going forward. And they're comprised of about individuals each. One's to the left, one's to the right. And some of them are hiding behind these, their horses, shooting crossbows. And you see Modell now, he has, he's behind a, a barrel that he took out and put down and he's using his rifle and firing back at them. Hasn't really hit anybody, but you see arrows are flying and um, hitting wagons. People are running around screaming. Uh, roll me a perception check. All right. That was a one. A one? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you see, uh, the only thing you see is there's three, your section that you're in charge of are, have three different uh, covered wagons. You Did you crit fail or did you? No, yeah, the, I rolled a one. <laughs> oh, you crit failed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, you know you have the front area to protect. You know there's three wagons. Mm, other than that, you just see like the two groups of dudes. There's a lot of dust in the air and you can't see anything really. So you either have to um, reposition to try to get somewhere and you kind of lose your um, upper advantage uh, or you engage in melee combat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage and uh, hope for the best. <laughs> okay. Um, and just so you know, you've had a long rest, rest since your fight with the wolf, like a few of oh, them. So you, your hit points are back and everything. Uh, Okay, cool. Uh, you run to the closest one, which is the group to the right of you, and you get up and you see if there are, um, it consists of one kind of larger uh, half-orc character and then three uh, or four halfling characters. Uh, and they're all just kind of like either throwing these little fire bombs into the thing or they are just shooting, but none of them seem to be charging into the uh, caravan. I'm gonna go for one of the smaller, smaller okay. people. I'm gonna, just, uh, yeah. So you you run up and like just kind of through the the dust that's been kicked up, you kind of get this first attack with advantage. All right. Eighteen. Eighteen. You've absolutely hit a roll for damage. Nine. A nine? Uh, yeah. Awesome. So you you very quickly just like with this first like star, you cut this first halfling down and he goes and just falls to the ground holding his arm bleeding. He's in like just kind of like and just stops moving. Uh, they now all see you. Uh, roll initiative. Alright. Not rolling good initiative today. An eleven? You go first. Yeah. Uh, so right. what do you do? There's the um, four minions left and then the one big one. I'm going to try and dispatch as many of the minions as possible before Absolutely. Going to the big one. So, okay. well, I guess the one uh, closest me, to me. 
Okay. That is a 12. A 12? All right. Uh, so with that 12, you, again, uh, that hits. I'm sorry, I was like, damage. You hit with the 12. Got it. Yeah. That. 11. An 11? All right, with yeah. that 11, uh, you also cut the second one out. And you're using your scimitars, right? Yeah, yeah. So you have your second scimitar now to hit uh, the, the other one that's like, kind of to the right of you. All right. That is an 11. An 11? That also yes. hits. Roll for damage. Oh, incredible. It just hits. <laughs> Their armor class is 11. And that is also 11. Wow. So you just you just cut down and you do like a twirling move in the air and just cut down one, then get down the and cut down the second. And just just like that, three of these bandits fall to the ground and stop moving. Uh, with that, you see the remaining two minions and one captain kind of look at each other and you hear the captain go, all right, we've done, gotta move. And the, the captain gets on this large mechanical contraption, sits down in it and mm, off as the two minions jump on the side of it. Uh, you have, you can use a reaction to try to attack one of the minions or the vehicle they're on. Yeah, I think I'm gonna attack the vehicle. Okay, uh, roll me an attack on the vehicle. All right. That is a 14. 14. All right, uh, with that 14, you just there's a uh, scimitar down on and it just kind of tinks off the metal. It just kind of glancing blow on some of the machinery. And they, they kind of, on their turn, they hop onto this vehicle and off. Uh, roll me a perception check. All right. 22. 22? 22. Yeah. You see that second group far away has now off and they have um, are now driving down the same uh, now westward uh, star um, of you guys. There are a couple uh, fallen uh, halflings over by the other group, and they are seemingly have left. Uh, and you have scared them away. Amazing. The <laughs> uh, moment passes and Modell uh, gallops up to you and he goes, Whoa, my dude, you're, you're like pretty good. You know, I even surprise myself sometimes. <laughs> nice. Um, well, um, let's go check in on everybody and we can uh, get moving now. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Cool. Uh, so you guys go in and you check on people. Actually, no lives were lost. There, uh, there's there been a couple people who had a few uh, crossbow wounds, like bolts in some arms or a couple in some um, abdomens or in like a shoulder, but all pretty easily healed and taken care of. Um, now to fast forward just a little bit more. Uh, the next three days are very quiet. Uh, you and Modell like get to know each other. 
Uh, he's He grew up in the island nation of Redan, and he came here because he just kind of wanted to see some new territory and kind of fell in love with these kings and so decided to become a caravan guide. Uh, and as you're walking, he goes, so uh, where are you from, my dude? Yeah, um, I'm from Revan. I actually was, uh, I grew up in a uh, repository. And uh, basically, I didn't have, I didn't know my parents growing up, but um, the, the people who raised me were pretty great people. And I, I saw a lot of, or basically what we did was a lot of talking to the dead. Well, I didn't do a lot of it. I watched a lot of it, but, um, and a lot of what the places and they were gathering information from the dead. And so a lot of the places and people that they saw, I was interested also in exploring so this this is why i'm traveling and picking up jobs on the way i just want to explore and see the world and maybe even oh. find out who my parents are at some point but oh yeah hey that's that is like the eternal question like like who, who am i from where do i live? yeah i think that's that's pretty cool dude most people like they leave their homes because of something tragic happened but you just wanted to go and experience the world yeah. like that's that's pretty cool, my guy. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, so, huh. Well, that's, it's nice knowing you, Ryujin. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Good. Um, well, if, if you ever need any other help in the future, I'm always willing to explore and travel and be security. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I do have a... That in mind, I have a question for you. I have a the friend I'm talking about. I know that he is uh, trying to get some talented individuals together. Uh, he actually tried to recruit me, but I have to the the caravan. So he could have, offer you some jobs. And I know he's uh, looking into some. He's a pretty smart dude, so he could probably help you out with. Uh, all right. Well, when we get when yeah. we get to Camden Mesa, I'll introduce you. We'll get like some beers together, and we'll just kind of talk it over. Yeah, bro. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, uh, everybody, Bailey says hi. Bailey says hi, <laughs> buddy. Go ahead. For those at home, Bailey's my dog, and he's a really sweet boy. <laughs> he just likes just to talk. <laughs> this boy. <laughs> Um, he goes, yeah, so I'll, I'll introduce you and, uh, we'll see what go, what's going on. All right, let's do it. All right. I can do Mesa then. All right. So as you guys continue, just kind of walk together down these canyons, the camera pans up and you see Camden Mesa in the distance. And that is your one shot. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right. So uh, everybody at home, we're going to take a quick 10 minutes to kind of reset. And uh, well, awesome, Drew. Thank you for doing yours. I'm a huge yeah, fan of region. Can't wait for more. Uh, so and uh, we will be back in 10 minutes. And we will be starting with Ember of the Forgotten Fire, also known as Kyle Knight. Want to make a podcast? 
Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And when you want to take your conversations with your fans to the next level, Q&A and polls are the best way to get them talking. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like I can get a better grasp on what I prefer about podcasts in general, and then also how to specifically apply those things to my own. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app, or go to www.spotify.com forward slash podcasters to get started. Welcome back. Uh, we are now starting our round four of five of our one shots. Uh, once again, hey, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, this is awesome. I uh, love that you all are here. Also, uh, if you haven't yet, give us a, a follow on Twitch if you haven't. Really is going to help us out. Also, check us out on socials. Follow us on our socials. All the links are in Twitch beyond our about. You can just go straight to them and jump right on, on them. And give us a follow on our socials and keep updated on what we're gonna with all of our streams and all of our content that we're gonna be putting out. Which uh, more announcements coming soon. Um, our four of our five one-offs is with Kyle Knight. Uh, Kyle, you've introduced yourself in our Hi. session zero. Uh, anything you'd like to say, my dude? Nah, man. Ready to kill some moms. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully that doesn't become a habit for the group. <laughs> um, I was like, hell yeah, Drew, nice, my guy. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, Ember of the Forgotten Fire. Is it the or a Forgotten Fire? A. A, my bad. Ember of a Forgotten Fire. How dare you. <laughs> you find yourself crawling through a, gra a gap covered in dirt and you think about the choices that got you here where did you go wrong was it taking the job with the red knights i mean they paid well but how could you have known they would have stabbed you in the back and cut the rope leading that you climbed down into the pit stealing your horse and your money and leaving you to die Nah, that is on them. That's that's their fault. They're the dicks in the situation, you think to yourself. As you have that thought, you push, crawling through the small gap. You feel a big spider web attach itself to your face, getting caught on the side of your snout. You let out a curse on the luck of the knights, Thorgos. Felix, Geet, 
and Hammond, fuck you. You think if you had magic, you could have, you'd feel like that curse would have worked on the gods themselves. And then you get past that small gap and there's a moment of respite. A slightly smaller, you can just kind of fit into a little ball uh, within this small crack in this tunnel you found yourself in. You're able to bring your hands to your face and wipe away the, the, web, the webs and the dirt. And as you do it, you feel something. The smallest breeze just brushes past your whiskers coming from above. You look up and you see just a little bit of light coming in through this crevasse, big enough to where you can just crawl up through and reach whatever that chamber is above. You deftly climb up the chamber, and as you push yourself up, something catches your eye. But as you pull yourself out and dust yourself off, could you describe yourself for us? I can, yes. Um, Ember is a tabaxi. It's a a feline humanoid. Um, He has very, very, very dark fur, um, almost black, but just slightly uh, gray and a tiny leopard pattern that you can see on his head, some of his arms and his back. Um, He has golden eyes and um and looks like a cat um and he's he wears relatively uh, they're dirty right now but he wears relatively fine clothes for the amount of wealth that he actually possesses um he has fairly simple leather armor um and then over that is a an overcoat that goes down about calf length um it's uh deep purple and has tiny little like uh gold stitching on the edges of it. All right. Um, awesome. So you push yourself up, you brush as much dirt off of you as you can, uh, and you find yourself in this large square room. It is filled up the walls with gold and treasure. Just where you are, there it's the stone floor, but on the edges, it's almost like a, a Scrooge McDuck-esque <laughs> treasure. Your eyes just widen with surprise. What do you do? Um, I kind of walk carefully, slowly over to one of the... <laughs> piles of gold and just kind of like put my put my paw on it very gently as you see what happens out, as you reach your paw out it just kind of goes past an illusion and it hits the ground and you feel something under your paw past the illusion fuck pull it out and it's just one gold coin pocket it <laughs> Uh, roll me a kick through. I, I kick through yeah, the rest okay. of the illusion. <laughs> yeah, uh, you start like like angrily kicking through the illusion, like cursing your luck. Where it's like you're so excited, and I'm like no. <laughs> uh, and you get about twenty gold pieces. It seems that they're they had been spaced around, and as you you take away the coin, the illusion kind of starts to flicker, 
And the one thing you do notice as you take the coins, the illusion seems to be centered on a point. And that point is in the center of the room. And it's, you look, as you kind of finally notice it after getting over the treasure not being there, Mm. uh, you see that there's these, it's this pedestal created with three legs. Uh, Each leg is carved as a different animal. One is a um, carved as a golden eagle and it comes up kind of like it waves and comes up to a small point. The other one is carved as this uh, beautiful dragon, uh, wingless but snake-like dragon. Uh, And then the third one is a buzzard with its vulture wings and the large beak creeping to the top. And like, it's the dragon mouth, the eagle mouth, and the vulture mouth, all holding this very small, about that big, delicate, ornate glass lantern. I'd reach my claw out and just kind of like, ding. Yeah, you, you, you touch it with your claw and just ding. It's made of glass and it is real. Good. Um, I take it. Okay. You reach I, your I, paw, I, I, wrap I, your... Take it. <laughs> you you reach your pot and grab it, and as you reach your hand and your paw touches it, you get sucked into the lantern, and that feeling of uh, jumping off a cliff or a bridge or uh, just falling hits you, and you're suddenly standing in this room. And I would like you to describe the perfect room for Ember. Oh, it has, um, it's, it's probably circular. Um, it has a nice fire right in the middle and then like tiers of couches with a bunch of pillows. And then the back, the back row is like covered in like different buffet foods and, uh, fineries. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So you, you find yourself like in this very comfortable room. And the one thing that catches your eye is a beautiful woman laying out on one of the couches. She has blue skin. She's wearing these white and it's like a mixture of white, light blue and dark blue, maybe in a little bit of purple silks, just all kind of flowing together. And she just lounges and she's eating these grapes. She, you see her. You guys lock eyes. She takes a peek around and looks around the room. She goes, honey, I like your tastes. It's been a while since somebody has touched my lamp. What's your name? Ember. All right, Ember. And how did you get here? I'm gonna stop you right there. What the fuck is happening? Oh, well, you have rubbed my lamp. And now it could be our lamp. 
if you uh, are amenable to it. Would you like to like a like a roommate situation or oh sublet? Mm, no, darling. Um, it's more of like a sugar mama situation. Ah, not in that sense. I'll be clear. Not in that sense. No. Yeah. Totally. But, um, makes sense. But let's say that uh, long ago I had another person touch my lamp. And they, we created a nice relate working relationship, and all that gold and treasure you saw out there, that was once mine. Well, technically, it still is mine, but it's been taken from me since. Now, I have somebody else to help retrieve our treasure. I understand. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, now, uh, may, I, may I ask a question now? Yeah, sure. Only fair. How did you get here? How did you come in contact <sighs> with my lamp? I'd say that it's it's been a long day. Um, I don't know if you have any windows in here, but you're currently in a tomb out in the middle of the desert. Um, I took a bunch of bumbling idiots to the tomb. And they promised to pay me, and they didn't. And then pushed me off a little uh, ledge, and then I landed, and now I'm here. And then I saw your treasure fake trove, and was obviously curious. I, I do ask, is this deal that you're describing, is it something that I get to benefit from? Oh, yeah. So, yes, this deal we are describing is mutually beneficial. I have, well, I'm putting the, the cart in front of the horse. So, that does sound like a bad day. I am sorry you've had such a hard day. Would you like some iced tea? Oh, I'm, yeah, sure. Waves her hand and just with like a of smoke, a swirl. Uh, iced tea appears in your hand. Just perfectly chilled. Droplets coming down the glass. Little umbrella sticking out of it. Uh, he sniffs oh, it. Sugar? Sugar? Yes, please. She like she does a little pink, and you see just like a little swirl in the, in the liquid. You just, now nah, go ahead, honey. Quenches the thirst, don't it? It is a liquid. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm I'm just a little uh, frazzled by these events. I I thank you for your hospitality. Um, I'm not exactly the type of person that wants to be like controlled or dominated or anything like that so. yes uh well i understand thank you for letting me know what your boundaries are it is not so much control think of it as a a quid pro quo you know and i will a first of all if you wish first off there's a little survey i want you to take before we just so i can get to know you a little bit better but I will get you out of this 
hole in the ground that I've apparently my lamp has been in. You take the lamp with you and I will give you abilities that can make everyone as envious as ever of you. But in order for you to achieve these abilities, you got to do a little bit for me. There are a few items I would have you collect for me and maybe just throw something interest in my way. I have gold and platinum and all that, unless it's a, a whole mountain of it. I'm not super interested in anymore. It's more of the uh, other things that interest me. So like antiquities and... Yeah, I, you could say I'm creating some uh, uh, fantabulous menagerie. Great. So, and of course, if if you own it, that sort of means we own it. You could still use these things that you find from time to time, um, but I would just be the the keeper of that menagerie. You understand? Like a like a pimp of valuables? No, no. Now that's just crass, darling. No, it's more of a curator. Sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. It's, um, yeah, it's more of a curator, are, like in a, a a beautiful, opulent museum. Right. Are there specific things that you want me to go for? Or are you just saying, like, there's, like, generally things that you want? Because I don't know exactly how much I'm going to be able to travel around everywhere. And <laughs> uh, Hold up, honey. The answer is yes to both. But first... Are you willing to take a little survey so we can get to know each other more, and then I can probably better answer that question for you? Sure. I guess. All right. All right, well, um, go ahead and take a, a few steps back now. I'm going to be doing some some hooage and stuff. <laughs> I take a step back. All right. She waves her hands, and that same, like, kind of bluish white swirl of air and particles appears and these three illusions appear in front of you one is this elven woman dark skin uh, hair tied in these elaborate braids and a crown rests upon her head uh, with these sashes and these opulent colors the next person human man he has a large kind of book in his hands writing things down he is counting in his head you see him like in that illusion he's like counting things writing things down like keeping a ledger uh wearing these like big poofy sleeves this like fun poofy hat and these poofy pants uh think like a renaissance like 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 yeah yeah, Harlequin type thing, like those kind of poofy pants. Got it. Uh, I, yeah, uh, Ember. Ember kind of like like muffles a, a scoff. Yeah, like <laughs> uh, he, the guy wearing them loves them, but he looks ridiculous. Uh, and then the next one is this uh, non-binary individual just standing there in these elaborate robes that just kind of flow in together and just very peaceful but an intelligent look on their face. 
what um what is their like perceived species race? Uh, human as well. Ah, cool. Mm-hmm. Got it. Now, you have in front of you a monarch points towards the elven woman, a merchant, the man with the ledger, and a mage. This is not a test, just to be clear. It's more of a survey. Who do you believe is richer? And why, I'd like to know. Hmm. Well, you're asking me to make assessment based off of how these people seem. I, I, I assume one would at first think of the monarch um, because they are wealthy with wealth. Um, and then one might say the businessman because he works so hard and all that. And then I feel as though you're kind of leaning towards the knowledge is power and wealth. And so the uh, the, the mage is the, the most rich. Uh, it, am, I, am I correct in that? Again, this is for you, not for me. I want to get to know you. You are quite charming. I like this. Just tell me what you feel. This, there's no no pressure on this. It's just a getting to know you game. Right. Um, well, I guess then I have I have three different answers. I I would say that the simple answer is the monarch. The um, slightly creative answer is the businessman. Um, and the uh, most philosophical answer would be the mage. All right. Next part of the survey. Right. Waves her hand. These three illusions each reach into their robes. The monarch pulls out this beautiful ornate dagger that hums with this energy. The businessman pulls out a diamond the size of your fist and the mage pulls out a small letter with a wax seal for privacy and holds it up now which one entices you more entices as in which one would I like yeah if you were to choose one of them which one would it be Interesting. Um, I'm going to go with diamond. Uh, I know that uh, opening someone else's mail is a felony. Um, so, <laughs> and I don't really have use for a, a dagger. I have a couple and they're barely used at all. Um, but a diamond could buy me a lot of things. So probably the diamond. All right. That was quick. I like a person who knows what they lack. Now, finally... She waves her hands. Each illusion kind of turns into that dust and then re-solidifies onto this like almost floating item. The monarch turns into this small box and opens up and it's these two beautiful gold rings with emeralds inlaid within it. The monarch, not the clothes that 
No, not and the merchant, I mean. It was not the clothes that he was wearing, but just these lavish silk robes uh, up here and just kind of floating almost like on a mannequin. And it's these just very opulent, luxurious robes. And then the mage turns into this, uh, like this just table of beautiful food. Uh, like a 20 course meal, each one better than the next, it seems. And just the smells hit your mouth, your nose and your whiskers twitch. And you're like, oh. And Ember, Ember lets out a slight purr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, hypothetically with that, and you see the diamond that you, that would, would have been there. She says, hypothetically with that diamond and waves her hand, it appears in your hand. What would you spend that on? Uh, silk robes or a, a a lot of food or the rings um, or the rings the Which rings one? are a little tacky um, robes look really comfortable food would be pleasure and then pain later <laughs> um, so I I feel like the robes because they're Reusable, can't exactly re-eat food, or I, I wouldn't. That is a very prudent answer. All right. Thank you. Well, I felt like I got to know you a little bit better right there. Wasn't that fun? Exhilarating. I had a good time. Mm. Takes a bite of a grape. Mm. <laughs> Now, I am pleased to continue this relationship and, you know, maybe we can build off of it, see where it goes, you know? Seems pretty great. Uh, and are there any uh, caveats that I need to be aware of? Any no, fine prints? No specific caveats. It's more of a, like, say if you were to, if our relationship were to go sour, so does the wellspring of my gifts, so to speak. Do you understand? Loud and clear. All right. Very simple. I'm, I'm not like, I don't want you to murder a whole village or something. That's a little too much from little old me. I'm just interested in what you can get me and what I can give you. Quite honest, this sounds quite amazing. Um, I'm sorry for being a little hesitant at first. Obviously, I've been transported to a place that is a little different than the other place that I was in. And um, you are quite striking. Um, and it was just a little much. But this does sound great. Where do I sign? Honey. You make me blush. <laughs> well, first of all, uh, we'll, we'll get to the signing. It's, it's pretty simple. Uh, my first job for you, there are a few items that I'm seeking, five in particular, um, at least right now. Uh, they are very unique gemstones. And the first one, I believe, is rather close to our relative position on the planet. Well, all I would say is your first job for us to continue this relationship 
word is to acquire that's that gemstone and bring it to me. Sounds easy enough. All right. Well, from my, I get little glimpses of the outside through my uh, home here. It is uh, in a town called Camden Wolf. And the people who have it at the moment bear the mark of horns. I can't really tell, but there's there's a, there's a horns involved. That's all I really know. Does that sound like anything that I would know? Roll me a history check. First history check of the game. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! I don't. I'm not. I'm not proficient in history. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's wrong. That's a. 15. 15? Let's start. Did we decide where you met the Red Knights? I thought it was already uh, at a place like not too far from where the tomb is. Okay, I think that you probably met them because you're closer to the capital city of Nibu um, Mm -hmm. within the um, uh, United Territory of Armania. And they probably met you in a pub, hired you there. Uh, so I would say this, the horns from that city doesn't really give you a, a really like a jolt of memory. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, but you do know where Camden Wharf is. It is the uh, port town that is adjacent to um, Camden Mesa. Uh, because Camden Mesa is about a... I would say about a 20, 15 mile distance from the coast. Uh, the This little port town popped up for any shipments coming in and then to be shipped up to Camden Mesa. Got it. Um, so you that name you recognize with the history check. Okay. Uh, as for this crystal, it's a very similar shape, maybe a little bigger uh, as the lamp that we are currently inside. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, within a boathouse in Camden Wharf, and that's that's all I've been able to 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 glean from my glimpses. All right, um, I guess I'll go get it. And then do I do I have to come back here, or do I bring well, it, or do I no. eat it? What what do I do? Now, How do I give it to you? You will take. You will have. When I get you out of here, you're going to have the lamp with you. It's going to be yours. That's going to be your property. Take care of it. Don't lose it, because right. you only get. Well, you don't only get one. But if you lose it, I'm going to be quite angry with you. Got it. Uh, I will not always be here. I have my own my own dig somewhere else. Uh, a lady never tells though, and. I will be here from time to time. If you ever need me, uh, just kind of call for me when you enter this space because it will be available to you. That's great. Yeah, so if you ever need like a little little R&R or something like that, just pop on in and it's going to be just like how you see it now. Minus lustrous lady here. <laughs> and is that food over there illusion as well or it it will taste and feel real however it doesn't necessarily unless you bring food in it's not going to necessarily provide nutrients from what i understand so i I, I can live with that yeah so like maybe bring some jerky along just to actually get some protein in you stay big strong strapping young lad and you'll be good 
don't know about that, but okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we have an accord. Sure. What? I'm sorry. What is your name? Hmm. She thinks for a bit. You can call me Amber. Hmm. And maybe as our relationship continues, maybe you get to know a little bit more about little old me. Great. Uh, okay, Amber. Uh, I'll go get the crystal. Up, 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 up. It's sealed with a kiss, darling. Just right here. No, like no lips. Oh, please, I'm hygienic. I'm clean. Don't worry about it. Just right here. Kiss me on the cheek right there. Kind of like walks over slowly and you know, <laughs> a little bit of a reluctant stance kind of just goes. <laughs> you see her kind of go, all right, I'll take it. She says, well, I'll see you on the other side. And I am so excited for our relationship. She waves her hand. Same. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You get that. You get just same feeling of the you drop. And then the next thing you see, you're looking up and you see this kind of small town pushed up against the coastline. Uh, The sun is just starting to rise and you are in Camden Wharf. Takes away travel time. Uh, you, it was a, it was a teleport spell. You instantaneous, instantaneously got there. No, I just mean like Ember says to himself, "Let's oh. take some time." <laughs> uh, that was a question. Gotcha. Uh, I understand the concept of teleporting, Woody. Jeez. Oh, you, oh, you do. That's fucking cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you have arrived right there. What do you do? I go get a drink. Right. Uh, roll me an investigation check just to see if you can get like the lay of the land of this wharf town. Investigation. Investigation. I am proficient. Ooh, big rolls. Uh, 22. 22? Uh, awesome. With a 22, you're able to kind of get, you find like, just you guys kind of like ask couple people and you charm them easily. Uh, and they tell you like, hey, yeah, there's a there's a bar. Uh, it's called the the Soggy Log. It's over there. It's got some good stuff in it. Uh, there's a there's a, a winery uh, kind of up the way, but it's kind of I've never seen a lot of people go in there ever. I'm sure. Um. Well, thank you. Uh, yeah. I will uh, see you. Probably Probably never. Probably never. Um, Yeah. Thank you again. All right. All right. See ya. Uh, He just picks up a crate he was carrying. Just continues to trawl. The the this little wharf town is busy. There, it's early morning, so uh, there's shipments coming in. Some uh, the fish market is open, and there's a lot of people buying fish for um, restaurants and inns. Uh, So there's a lot of energy in the town this early in the morning. Uh, Which where do you go? I go to the winery. Okay. Soggy, soggy log kind of makes Ember kind of like shiver. He's like, Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, cool. 
Uh, so you walk up to kind of to where the winery is, kind of the edge of town, a little bit higher on a hill. As you walk up to it, you see that there are a few vineyards and being next to the coast, there is a little bit of greenery here, but it's not, it's not necessarily what you would think uh, a winery would be. Like you're like, where, okay. like where do they grow the grapes necessarily? But then you, uh, or yeah, the, the vineyard, yes. <laughs> you enter into this winery, there's this large kind of uh, square room with these two large oak barrels. You enter in and this uh, gnome woman pops her head up from behind the counter and goes, oh, we haven't had, oh, um, hello. <laughs> what can I do for you? Oh, uh, well, I was I was told that this place has some uh, fine wine to drink. Yes. What is your name, ma'am? Oh, uh, uh, my name's Matilda. I am the manager. <laughs> Impressive. Yes, uh, I was newly uh, newly uh, promoted. How did that happen? Well, the old manager was fired and I was uh-huh. the only one who worked here as well. Well, I'm, I'm very happy for you. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, um, I would love to have some wine. It's been quite the long day. I don't believe I can exactly describe how um, and what has happened because I don't know if you'll truly believe uh, but I would love some wine. Okay. Um, well, would you like, uh, we have, and kind of looks over to the barrels. We have a, a two, we have a, a, a cedar white and a cedar red. Um, and we have a few of our specialty bottles, but those are a little bit pricier. Hmm. I'll take the, the, the red. The red? All right. Um, that would just be uh, a silver piece for a glass. Oh, would you like a bottle? You want to buy in bulk? Oh, you know what? Um, I I left my um, coin purse uh, at my inn. If, if I could just have a, just a few sips, um, and then I'll go, and then I'll I'll bring I'll bring the money back. Ooh, roll me a percent a persuasion check. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Persuasion. Uh, persuasion, yes. Eight. An eight? She goes, ooh, no money, no wine. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, well, I'll be uh, right back then. All right. Well, uh, we'll come back with money, and I'm, I'd be happy to serve you, but unfortunately, sir, we are a business. All right. I turn around and I start walking out. And as I walk out, I, I quietly cast um, minor illusion. Um, and I make a sound coming from like the back room that sounds like something like crashing to the ground. Okay. Um, roll me a deception check, but add your uh, spell casting modifier or whichever one's higher, your deception mm-hmm. or spell casting modifier. They are exactly the same. So do spellcasting, just for flavor. Got it. 
That's a 13. 13, see if she falls for it. Um, as you're walking out, you make this kind of like crashing glass sound. And she goes, oh, what the dickens? And goes and like uh, jumps off like her little ledge that she works on. And then like you hear kind of like pitter patter into the back room. I run and I grab the uh, bottle, the the, uh, the most expensive bottle. Um, okay, so you, you just like vault over the bar to see what was behind. Yeah, because there were there were no bottles on the like counter that she was standing on. It would be oh, underneath. I didn't I didn't see any. Yeah, or there's maybe I, there's some I, yeah, up I above peek in. too. Uh, yeah, you like jump over, you look, roll me a perception check. What's that? What's that? Seven. Seven. Um, with a seven, you don't see, you see you, you you're just moving quick, and you just the first one you grab is a uh, a white, and it's uh, just like the house white, but it's been bottled. Back, can I get a different one? All right, yeah, you absolutely can try. Let's see if she stays out there. I, okay. I, keep, I the the uh, the noise happens for about a minute. It can like keep going for a minute. Yeah, you hear like oh, what, oh, what's going on? And you hear it like, kind of like frustrated in the back a little bit. Uh, roll me another investigation check now, because now you're kind of looking through. Actually, a little bit better, a little bit better. All right, that's a twenty-two. Oh, dope. Okay, uh, keeping the white there. You like kind of like. <laughs> upside down or going through it and you like see one way in the back it's this very old looking bottle uh with this black label on it and you can't really make it out but it looks expensive i take it all right you grab it and it's on it it uh says uh it says blood of sekhmet vintage yeah uh and that's yours i i put the white back and then i dip Okay, uh, roll me a stealth check. Just see how quietly like you put things back and go. Okay, okay, okay. Nineteen. A nineteen. All right, yeah. With that yeah, 19, nineteen, uh, you're, uh, you're peeking through it, and you like put the ball back. You like rearrange things just how they were, and just quietly slide off, and out, and you have the bottle in your arms. So you have this. The fangs of sec or blood of Sekhmet vintage. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you just make it out. I go and I find some roof. Like I, I go to a to a like kind of quieter part of town where there's not a lot of workers there. I, I climb up to the roof. Cor- Pop open the bottle, take a few swigs. <sighs> yeah. Roll me as you're doing it, as you're top of the roof, just taking a deep breath. Just roll me like a. What's your passive perception, first of all? Uh, give me a sec. Passive perception 12. 12? Okay. Uh, roll me a perception check. Because you see people working, but you don't notice anything specific. I want to see if you notice specific. I got it, I got it. 18. 18. All right, with that 18, uh, you see something that catches your eye. 
just right below you, you kind of found this little rooftop of this house. Kind of looks like a little warehouse. Looking out on the water, ships moving out and coming in, taking their turns on the... They have a good amount of uh, docks here in the uh, Camden Wharf, but there's a lot of ships coming in, so it takes some time to get every ship in to unload or load up and leave. You notice coming off one of the ships are these individuals, and the main thing you notice is they have these tattoos of the head of a longhorn cattle on their deltoids. And that catches your eye. Glug, 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 glug. You just down it? No, just do a few more glugs. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it is a very uh, rich, like the first, when it, when it first hits your mouth, this, this red is very rich and um, very peppery, but then it, the, it very much transitions into a very delicate ending. So it's like a, it's like a decrescendo that just makes it easy to drink. Great. Was that the douchiest way to describe wine? <laughs> you know, I, I think so. I think you take the cake, bud. I think it did. It did the trick, though. <laughs> I, it was amazing. They sh- you should talk to the blood of segment um, yeah, winemakers. Yeah. Put that on their label. Well, I have an M. Let's just say. Okay. So you see the people with the tattoos. What do you do? Are they, are they over by a uh, by the docks? Uh, do you tail them and just go like, because they kind of disappear behind some buildings from where you are. Do you try to tail, tail them and see? Yeah. Uh, still with the bottle in my hand, I kind of walk across the rooftops and peek over. Yeah. Uh uh, roll me a. We already always will keep your perception because you know I want you to roll all the time. Uh, you keep an eye on them, and they are carrying these crates in this like kind of wheeled cart. One is pushing it, the other one's just walking with. And they walk into this kind of off to the north side of town. This boathouse, seemingly, it's just built out onto the water. Not huge but two stories and one large door in the front with a dock going all around it. And on the side of the building is that same tattoo painted on the side of the building. They sure like advertising. Um, I pocket the bottle. I put it in, in my satchel. Um, and I, I, I walk to the door. Okay. Uh, You mosey on up. There's this kind of this heavy wooden door. Uh, There is like a a freight door as well that can be like kind of pulled up by some sort of uh, levy system. But there's also a smaller door that's just entrance. Okay, knock. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of ruffle my uh, my fur a little bit, and I kind of start swaying a bit, and I and I knock on the door. <laughs> yeah, so you, kum, kum, kum. moment passes, it opens up, and there's this human answers the door, bald, hairless, just completely like soft looking. Kind of looks and goes, Nah, who are you? Hey man, I got 
so wasted at the bar earlier. I need to pee somewhere. Is it okay if I, I pee in here? I'll give you guys some money. He kind of leans in and he says, you don't know who we are, don't you? I'm, I'm new in town. I'm sorry. He says, I kind of like make sure I'm exhaling so that he can smell the wine on my breath. He kind of smells and goes, all right, buddy. Uh, Roll a persuasion check. Persuasion. Okay. Nine. A nine? He kind of leans and goes, all right, buddy. Um, I'm going to do you this one solid this once. Turn around and don't talk to us again. Gotcha? Gotcha kind of puts his hand on your chest and gives you a little push. I stumble a little bit. Closes the door. I Wait, one more thing, one more thing. Door's closed. I, if you could still hear me, you're a very nice person, and I respect that. <laughs> I, res- I respect it. <laughs> um, okay. I, is there anybody else on, like, the docks? This area's a little bit... Uh, quieter you see up above there's a balcony going along the second story of this boathouse warehouse type area you're in a bit of a smaller square there's a well uh or some sort of center maybe was a well or just a meeting place a stone structure mm-hmm. in the center of this small square and it's what this, time of day is it Sorry. by now after doing go like walking around going to the winery it's about uh, midday, I would say. Um, I when when I look up at the balcony, does it does it look like it's there's like an access point anywhere there or? Mm-hmm. There's windows. Uh, you also see as you kind of just like look up, you see doors. You also see two people, kind of making their rounds, patrolling. Great. Well, oh well, and I walk away. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you do? Um, I go and I, I, I stake out the place. I go back to the rooftops. I kind of sit. I, I keep sipping on the bottle just because I like the taste, but not to, not to get drunk or anything. And I, and I kind of just stake it out, see, yeah. watch the patterns of the... Um, guard watch the comings and goings and and then like try to see when it is that they go to bed gotcha then i'm gonna ask you this is gonna be a investigation check um from afar just to kind of understand maybe the uh passing of the guard and what their rounds are okay son of a bitch nine a nine okay with the nine i'll give you this you know, as you stake out for a few hours and as the sun starts to go down to sunset, as it hits sunset, uh, you've got, you've been able to count about eight guards, different guards who've kind of made rounds. As you, as the sun starts to set, you see four of those guards that you've counted leave. A positive. Um, so the sun's down. It's yeah. It's it's just let's say it's just past golden hour. Got it. 
damn it, I forgot my phone. <laughs> um, I, I go back to the door and I knock again. Okay. Uh, you mosey on up. Go, 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 go. Moment passes. The door it's the same guy. <laughs> door opens and it's a dwarf. And he goes, Yes, how can I help you? Hi, yes, I am a inspector of these docks. I'm going to need you to um, let me in and walk around because there are quite a few violations uh, existing. He puts his hand up. He puts uh, his hand up really quick and he looks over like behind us. Hey, Murphy, do we have inspector coming today? And you hear a voice also. Uh, I don't I don't think so. Well, you see, if, if we told you that we were coming, we would then alert you, and then you would just tidy everything up very quickly. So we like to make it a bit of, of a surprise so you don't have that much of an advantage. I, I apologize. It's my my superiors. Okay. Uh, what if... Have we not... He, he, like, he puts his hand up again to kind of like shut, like keep you from talking. Murphy, have we not paid inspectors this month? He goes, Uh... I don't know. Uh, that's not a question for me. He goes, oh. looks at you and says, do you know who we are? The owners of this fine establishment. I'm, I'm so sorry. I do have a, um, a few more places to hit before uh, nightfall. Is it okay if I just come in and I kind of like start moving forward? He he like gets in, in front of you and goes, um, enroll me a... Roll me a deception check for the lies, and then roll me a persuasion check on top of that. I'm spinning a web. <laughs> I'm rolling like garbage. Uh, 16 for deception. Okay. And then 13 for persuasion. 13 for persuasion. Okay. He goes, All right, you come in, but... I tell you, I tell you where to go. You don't, you don't mosey around. I tell you. Whatever makes you happier. All right, come in, come in. Uh, he leads you in. This warehouse is pretty simple. Uh, it has a, a bottom level where you see some crates all around, uh, maybe a couple tables and like the kind of the left corner with a bit of a almost kitchenette sort of setup, uh, basically a, a cauldron over a fire. Uh, for stew for people to eat the upper level is half of it is open uh there is a catwalk going along the edges and then on the far side uh, as it gets into the water there is a loft above the dock and on the dock there is a a kind of a long ship style boat long and low the mast has been taken down and it is it looks like you can seat about maybe 30 to 20 individuals so cool. about like maybe 30 feet long. And that's what you see. Great. This, I mean, you could roll me a percep- perception check. Actually, roll me a perception check to see if you see anything more. Okie doke. Yeah. Four. A four? We're doing great. That's what, that is what you see. Great. Um, my fine fellow... I do like to conduct my, um, uh, in, oh, I forgot. 
I do like to do my business from top down, so can you please show me the upper levels first? He looks over and he like looks up at the um the ball you look the bald dude, not in here. Uh, uh looks up towards one of the I get you would assume is Murphy. Uh it's just a uh half orc, brown hair, leaning, tusks out looking at you. Um from up above. A smile. Uh, and Murphy just goes and waves his hand and, and the dwarf goes alright um, come with me and he takes you to the set of stairs and brings you up to that loft area most of it's just uh, this seems to be where they keep a lot of the gear for uh, the, sh- the ship and sailing uh, mm-hmm. that they have um, and a few crates but it all seems like supplies and he, uh, the whole time you're kind of looking around the dwarf is just staring at you arms crossed kind of like run my finger on one of the boxes and look at it. And keep walking. Mm-hmm. Dusty. It's pretty, like it's not a, it's not a clean place. Um, right. right I, now, uh, I walk over are... to, I walk over to the, do- to like the doorway and I kind of give it a few kicks. I'm trying to, to look like I'm to, inspecting. To outside, like the catwalk to outside. Yeah. Yeah, so you give it a good. It's a. I mean, it's like not a stir, like super sturdy door, but it, uh, like it's wooden and it's a door that protects from the elements, but it's not necessarily reinforced or anything. Like for the most part, this building seems up to code. I yep. should say, if you were if you were actually uh, if we were playing uh, auditors and inspectors, uh, the Can we do role, two streams, the like fantasy one playing D and D campaign, and one is as the the Catman. Inspector, it's, yeah, not at all. With the IRS, uh, it, it seems pretty up to code, as you would assume. Got it. Mm-hmm. Um, the dwarf is. Oh, you'll be finished. Uh, yes, I'm finished with this uh, space. Can you please escort me to the next? So we have upstairs and downstairs. That's all we have. You you saw downstairs, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did. Can you let me look at it one more time? <sighs> Come and walks down the stairs. Roll me now that you're up above and you have a different vantage point. Give me one more perception check to see if you notice something. Ten. A ten. Uh, I'll give you this changing dice the kind of the um as you walk down towards the front door to the if if you are looking at looking at the front door from inside to the left of the front door there is a the floor is wooden where for the most part it's made it's the it's like the hard dirt in most of the area hmm like a trap door one might presume um, as we as we get down, I kind of Ember kind of like looks around, pushes over something, and goes, "Yes, you're right. I have already seen all of this. Um, I will be uh, reporting back to my superiors uh, on the morrow." And um, I, I believe I. I what, what was your name, fellows? Uh, my name. <laughs> <laughs> my name. <laughs> my name is Bora. No. <laughs> Uh, my name is um, Vlad, and it's Murphy. Of course it is. 
Well, Vlad and Murphy, I, I would love to uh, see you again. Please have a, a lovely evening um, and goodbye. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes, yes, yes, yes. And Murphy doesn't say a thing. He opens the door and kind of like aggressively pushes you out and close the door yeah. behind you. Uh, as you step out, you see two other individuals leaning over the balcony uh, one human, uh, one tiefling, and they're just looking at you, and one kind of spits to the side as they're looking at you. You. I leave. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, all right. What's next? Um, I so I, I then wait until true nighttime. Okay. When I think that there's the least amount of shit going on. Gotcha. So you wait a, long, a little bit longer. Roll me one more perception check to see if you notice something. 18. 18, all right. Uh, as you, um, you kind of notice the lights turn off and from within, from the windows, and there's about every 10 minutes, somebody comes out and does a round of the outside and it goes inside. Uh, but the lights from inside seem to dim. Uh, and you kind of get used, as you're watching, you kind of get used to seeing the patterns of people walking through. But there's one moment where the pattern changes. And there's like a quick, from like the lantern light that you can see through a window, you see it shift as something moving quickly by. Hmm. Odd. Okay, I, I my my plan is to wait until uh, I presume that most of them are asleep and uh, break in through the uh, the balcony. Okay, uh, really, uh, that 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 time is when you think everybody's it's gonna be as quiet as you can get. Um, okay, so you're gonna try to break in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you get up to the front of the area person you hear a door go Fuck. and somebody watch just do a round they're just doing a round and you're kind of below them now and they're just looking out they stop right above you on the front side of the of the warehouse right I have nothing I'm not um, I kind of, I'll, I'll cast Minor Illusion once again and make it seem as though there was something like splashing a little bit in the water. Not, not, um, not so much that it's going to like wake everybody up, but like enough to like attract some attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you give, uh, you cast it. Roll me again another uh, deception, add your spellcasting modifier. 15. 15? Awesome. Uh, you cast it and the individual you hear um, somebody go huh and very <laughs> Skyrim like huh uh, what was <laughs> uh, walk over and kind of go to the other edge and the door is kind of left open now to kind of see what that noise is 
Okay. Just roll me an athletics check to see if, because you're, you're a Khajiit. You can climb things. So not a Khajiit. Wow. A Skyrim in wow, my head. Very much Skyrim. Uh, a Tabaxi. So you can kind of climb pretty easily. I, I will say I do have a climbing speed. Oh, oh. So then, yeah, you just, you just, ding, 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 your claws come out. You just up and you are on the roof or the, the balcony. Skyrim crash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and there's the door right there in front of you. It's open. Quietly shut it behind me. Yep. <laughs> um, and you are now kind of up on that upper level. The uh, long ship is right below you. You look around. Roll me a perception check. Uh, seven. Seven. Uh, with the seven, you see um, kind of back to your right, you see that dwarf and uh, Murphy asleep in these hammocks up on the upper area. Great. Just slowly shaking. You see a person sitting down on that table where like the kitchenette is uh, by the front door and to the right and just like head down and seemingly unmoving. Like, alive, but just like seems maybe is asleep <laughs> on the table. Great. I, it, like with the, is there like a balcony railing? Yeah. Are there little, uh, holes yeah, it's like a, it's like a standard, like it's like a, it's like pole bar bar or wooden bar. It's like a, a very, very basic banister. Could I, could I slip through? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I kind of like, I haven't, he, he slips through feet first, mm-hmm. keeps his hands on the uh, upper level and then try to quietly just kind of like drops. Mm-hmm. Uh, roll me a stealth check. The wood is pretty creaky, but let's see how well you do. Natural 20. Oh, hell yeah. You, quiet as a cat, just... Because I am one. Yeah. Uh, and you are you are now kind of by the front door. Okay. Right, The front door is right behind you. The dude's to your left. And to your right is where you saw the wooden floor. I gotta go there. Okay, you move over and you actually um, you look at it, and there was a lock on it, but the lock seems to be undone. I take it off and I, I pull back the thing. You yeah, you take off the lock, you open it, and you see a lantern light down below, and some rustling. I go in and I close it behind me. You close it, and as you kind of step down these wooden stairs, you step on that last stair, and there's a... As you step on that last stair, and who you see on the other end of this little cellar that's been dug out with all of these kind of crates, other crates put in, but they're obviously hidden for some reason, a female, dark skin, curly hair, uh, she has a scar across the bridge of her nose and she has these golden eyes her hair is pulled back into this bun and she turns around and like first like sword out looking at you hello she sees you and she just she just points to her deltoid and points to you quite impressive you seem like you've been lifting a lot she shakes her head and doesn't say a thing. 
I kind of like move my, <laughs> I feel so exposed. I move my, <laughs> to show my fur on my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, yes. And so she, she looks at you, she says that you don't, and like, then she pulls her arm up. There's no tattoo on her deltoid. Great. She leans in and says, who the fuck are you? Uh, my, my name is um, Ember. I am a health inspector. Who are you? Still sort of. My name's Cora, and I'm too a health inspector looking for something. What right. are you looking for, health inspector? Um, fire hazards, uh, termite damage, and a, uh, a little crystal. Um, she, as you say crystal, she kind of like perks up and she goes, who sent you? Um, I was sent a, a lovely, uh, blue woman. Um, her name is Amber. I'm not sure if you've heard of her, uh, but I don't, I hadn't heard of her, uh, yesterday. Um. Last question. What do you have against the Longhorn Gang? They have a thing. I'd like the thing. They were a little mean to me earlier and I didn't really appreciate it. Mostly just gift the thing. So you don't know anything? I wouldn't say I don't know anything, but about about this, no, I, I know absolutely nothing. Okay. She lowers her sword. I think we're gonna have to work together. And she steps back a little bit and you see this triangular tablet laid out on top of this, uh, like unfolded from this canvas and laid out on this crate. And in the center of this tablet is that kind of spherical, or the the kind of, it's a uh, teardrop shaped lantern. Spherical! Uh, I don't know. <laughs> a teardrop shape amethyst embedded into this tablet. I need that tablet. Is that the crystal you're looking for? One can assume. I think we should work together and get out of here. I don't need that crystal. I just need the tablet. Once I'm done with the tablet, it's all yours. Right. Um, I, I walk over to the tablet. Can I, can I like remove the crystal? You go and like, she kind of like is, looks at you and like kind of gets in the way of the tablet. So then like relaxes. <laughs> I kinda, like scooch around and I'm like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, she keeps yeah, like well. glancing up towards the open trap door now or clo it's cl closed now, right? I closed it. Okay. The closed trap door, just paranoid. And you go and you look at this tablet. It looks like it's seemingly, uh, two different types of stone, one lighter, one darker, and the darkers just kind of outlines it as a triangle. Um, and there's a couple gaps that you can see within the actual darker stone, but it seems purposeful of where the gaps are. Mm -hmm. uh, the this crystal itself is just embedded right there in the center. 
and you try to like pull it out and just like it doesn't budge. Fuck. Right, yes, um, I think we should work together. Um, clearly our, uh, our paths are aligned. Um, how would you get out of here with these things in tow? I mean, if we just take this tablet, it's not that big. We can just sneak out of here and book it. I have a, a horse that we can, on the edge of town, that we can get to. A horse? I didn't think I'd have company. I'm, I'm just saying, so so I would be on like the back of the horse. Yes, you, I, I would be driving the horse. Right. Fine. Yeah. Cool. Savvy? Don't know what that means, but sure. Okay. She uh, wraps the tablet up in the canvas, ties it with this twine that was already there, picks it up. Roll me a, per- a perception check just to see what you see in here, you know? Let's tempt, let's tempt Ember. Oh no. Perception? Eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good thing I've been rolling like garbage <laughs> for perception. Uh, you just see like, uh, in like a crowbar and an opened up and within it, you see like this really cool like geode <laughs> and it just catches your eye. I take it. All right, you have a, a half a geode like, and it's it's open and like the, the geode inside is green. Mm-hmm. Lovely, <laughs> let's go. And she kind of sees you grab and goes, okay. Uh, <laughs> roll me stealth check, please. What'd you get? Eight. Hell yeah. Um, you guys work your way up. You open it or open it, look out, close it slowly behind you. And as you guys turn around, you hear a, hey. And you turn around and that person who's out on the balcony is now in at the top of the stairs and sees you guys. Fuck. Roll initiative. Oh no. <laughs> That's a dirty 20, baby. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, all right. And then Cora rolled a two, but it's, it goes you, the um, Longhorn Gang, and then Cora. Go ahead. Okay. Um, how many? The door, so you're out. The door is to your left. There is one dude who's just like, just barely woke up from the other guy yelling, hey. And the dude kind of 20 feet away on some coming down to you who just yelled, hey. And that's what you see. Uh, I, not really knowing exactly what to do, but kind of like feeling like I, I have some sort of power that I want to try to use. Um, uh-huh. I just kind of reach out my hand and and focus my energy in the hand, and I, I cast Eldritch Blast. Oh yeah! All right, roll an attack, baby. Twenty-two. 22? Yeah, you hit. <laughs> One damage. One. Whoa. Wait, do, you not add your, do you not add your uh, charisma? That's an invocation. Oh, yeah. So you hit it. It just barely like psh, wings this guy who's coming down the stairs. And he's like, ah. 
And kind of like looks at his hand and is like, that was weird. <laughs> Uh, they then, the two are going to come here and engage you and Korra. Uh, they have daggers only drawn. One's going to try to take a stab at you. Uh, the one who, who you winged is going to try to, like, as he's running up, throws one of his daggers at you. Gets a total of 10. Does that beat your armor class? Does not. Does not. All right, yeah. So, and he just kind of, it just goes past your face and sticks into a pillar, a little wooden, like, post next to you. Um, and you just see the knife kind of like yeah. the other one comes up to Korra tries to swipe at her and you see cuts into Korra and just a little little cut and does a little bit of damage let's just roll that d4 does total points of damage just a scratch what heavy hitters here what heavy hitters what'd you say I said, we're heavy hitters here. We're heavy hitters. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, just like, like, tick, tick, uh, just barely scratches Korra. Now it's Korra's turn. Uh, Korra takes out her scimitar and just does a whoo, whoo, with, uh, or just does a wah, a one hit with her scimitar. Uh, that hits. She's going to do damage. Oh, where's my. There it is. Hey, oh, she does just enough damage and just, like, just comes down with her scimitar like cuts him like through the shoulder and down and he just drops to his knees and hits the ground and she yells she looks at you and says let's go and runs to the door and like kicks it open race mm-hmm. I okay, so you guys okay, you guys are able to get out uh, The as you guys are running out it's your turn do you do anything before you run or are you just going to full run out is there anything by the door uh not really there's like a stool I kick over the stool. <laughs> you throw the stool back, and one, one of the guys who's running after you just kind of steps over it, but just is like is keeping pace with you. Um, Got it. So uh, it's it's the bandit who's chasing you. Turns the one bandit left. He's gonna take out another knife and try to throw it at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, does a thirteen beat your armor class? It does. Oh wow, that's so new. We're uh, we're really weak right now. <laughs> Uh, and that is a total of two points of damage. Roll the one. Dope. Uh, so just flings the knife and just kind of like barely just like nicks your arm. Uh, and you guys are still running. It's Korra's turn. Korra's uh, just going to do a full run action and you're just, and just kind of beelines it to a certain, like a, she's moving west, kind of a, a northwest-ish. Right. Um, as I is it my turn? Mm-hmm. That's your turn. And we're still being followed. Yeah, there's the one guy behind you. The other two are really far behind, and they're not going to catch up. I, I, ca- I, I focus and cast unseen servant. Yeah. Um. Right. Right behind me. Uh huh. And I'm just going to have him kind of like put his arms up and out. No, I, I'm, he, he's going to get on the ground um, and, like, kind of act as a thing to trip the dude. Okay. Um, I'm going to say this is going to be, like, a trip attack. And it's going to okay. be a DC against uh, a, a dexterity save against your spell DC. So what's your spell DC? 13. 
got a 10. So this guy's running after you just, and you just kind of quickly just like, uh, and just, just like through like, just trying to take care of the problem. You just wave your hands. And as you see, it's like to you, you see this of air and this guy just just like, just face plants over this unseen servant. Uh, And like, you see the outline of the servant kind of stand up and just go, I wave back. (laughs) Uh, And you guys are trucking along. Uh, roll me a athletics check just to see if you can now get out of combat or if this guy gets up and follows you. Just roll me an athletic, or no, let's say a dexterity saving throw. Dexterity saving throw. Mm -hmm. Not very good at those. 16. 16. That is absolutely more than I needed. So you, you guys are able to kind of just like dodge between some of the alleyways and you're moving and finally you turn this corner, you're following Cora, seemingly in a maze of these buildings and she, you turn the corner, she's gained a little bit more ground than you because you cast those couple spells and she's on the horse and her hands down looking at you and like, like has it out to you to grab you and pull you up. Uh, she pulls you up pretty easy. You just <laughs> hands around her waist uh, and she, yeah, <laughs> and starts to ride up as you guys ride up towards Camden Mesa, as you guys are riding, she yells back and she goes, so, uh, where the hell are you from? What? She like, look, where the hell are you from? What? Never mind, never mind. And she kind of slows down to a trot now that you guys have made a good distance. She says, I was just kidding, I could hear you. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready for the whole, um, bonding moment yet. This has been quite the harrowing day. Um, could we just ride in, in silence? Is that is that okay? Yeah, sure. Um, do you need a place to stay? Yes. Alright, I have a place. You're welcome to stay, and you can stay there until you get your jewel back. Thank um, you, Kala. Cora. Cora, the name's name's Cora. Kana. Cora. Sorry, the horse is too loud, Doug. (laughs) She just gives an exasperated sigh and just continues to trot. And as you guys trot, the camera pans up. You see the two-tiered city of Camden Mesa in the distance. And that's where we'll end your session. Oh my god! Uh, all right, yeah. cool, awesome. Hey, thank you so much, Kyle. Uh, that thank was you. fun. I loved that one. Um, not, I loved everybody's, but uh, that was I'm silly. Special. No, I mean you are, but in other ways. I'll see you later tonight, baby. All right. Okay. See you later tonight, babe. I'll come over. Um, all right. So we're gonna take another quick uh, ten-minute break. So we'll be back at uh, approximately eight fifty. Uh, maybe a little bit after, uh, just to kind of reset. And we'll be with our last one-off. Uh, I'm very excited for Lilith LaFleur, also known as my sister, Hannah Minshew. dun dun All right, here we are. All right, so we are at our last one-off introduction sessions with our 
adventuring party. Uh, once again, guys, hey, thanks for, again, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, we're seeing your comments on the stream and we like love them. Thanks for talking with us and just uh, sending all the love to you. Thank you so much, guys. I have a special guest, not a guest, but a special player, my sister, older sister in charge of me. Cooler sister. <laughs> Cooler sister in every way, better, whatever, who cares? You're playing Lilith LaFleur. And I, I just want to point out to everybody, last, this is just a fun fact for everybody to know, last session one I've had with her, we were playing a tabletop game and I killed her character right off the bat. Session zero. Like in the, yeah, like in the first combat, her character, just the roles were died so hopefully that won't happen again but <laughs> who knows um but hey yeah thanks guys once again follow us on all our socials uh we're so happy to have you here and so excited so without further ado lilith lafleur you climb up into the wagon scoff because you had to bribe the rug seller to get a ride to rest your feet. You've been traveling this caravan for about seven days now and your feet are sore and blistered. Your boots that you grabbed about a month ago from a particularly sleazy road merchant while he was swimming in his wine in a pub have now reached the desired broken in comfort. However, it did come at a cost and that cost is your feet. You find a nice soft corner in this covered cart among the rolled up rugs and sleep quickly finds you and then dreams are close behind. You've had this dream a few times now. The tiny details change, but the dream for the most part stays the same. You find yourself in a tunnel The tunnel behind you is kitten, so you're forced to push deeper in. This dream is simply an endless tunnel and with the air getting heavier and heavier and heavier. However, there have been a few times from some past where you push through this tunnel and you come to a door, a large, stone door carved from ceiling to floor with skulls. That's where you find yourself in this dream. You've been here a few times and the door has never opened. It's always remained massive, posing like a hundred mm -hmm empty eyes ring right through you. As you stare at this door, you hear two distinct screeches echoing from the tunnel behind you. This quickly reels you around, you look. Nothing but darkness in the tunnel. then you snap out of your dream. 
Screams and confusion fill the air as you open your eyes. You look up and in the covered wagon, the tarp seems two large holes have been placed in. And you, you look, your eyes come down and you see arrows nearly missing you, sticking into the rugs. You turn your head towards the rug merchant and he's just slumped over in his cart, unmoving sticking out of his back. You're able to get a view just outside through the holes of this tarp and you see people running around, dust kicked up and screams. What do you do? Oh, for fuck's sake. And I jump out and I start <laughs> swinging my daggers. <laughs> <laughs> you jump out. <laughs> And land there's dust everywhere you see some of the caravan uh um travelers with you running around and you also see these individuals clad in these kind of browns and reds uh down from cart to cart looking for it um look seem to be looking for something uh and if they don't find it they set the cart ablaze um nearest to you you see there is one cart there um that a young woman uh has been driving and you see her kind of like trying to calm down the horses or on the other side of the cart, there are these bandits ripping through, trying to find something. Oh, hey, you with the horse, no. <laughs> Let the horse go, get out of here. They're going to kill you, run. She just kind of looks at you and goes, oh, okay, okay. And she bolts. She runs kind of deeper, like up towards the front of the, like, you know, uh, nor uh, south to where the front of the caravan is. Uh, I follow her. I just, I'm running. Okay. You, you run and follow her and uh, you run for a minute or so. How this caravan is set up is uh, each section kind of stays a, a little bit of ways away from each other so that in case it does stop, they don't get all bunched up and then it's more chaos. There's a little bit of distance between each section and you were in the back section. Um, so you run up to kind of the, the, the next section and you see that they've kind of made a, uh, they've kind of wheeled around from uh, this chaos. Uh, they've placed a few carts to kind of create a barrier. And as I see you two run up and a few others, uh, they kind of motion you back. Uh, the person who seems to be in charge of this is a, um, uh, a seemingly dwarven, but very tall for a dwarf woman. Uh, she just has this large hammer and this shield, and she's barking orders at people. And there's a few other people who seem to have been hired as security guards, firing arrows into the dust that's been kicked up, but seemingly not doing anything. As you guys get back and you're just with the group, do you, what do you do? turn to the dwarven woman and I say, uh, who are these people? Did you upset somebody on the road? She, she sees you and she says, I, they're probably, I think they're probably like a, some gang. They just want to roll us for what we're worth. Um, and she looks around and she gives you a crossbow and she's like, try to, uh, try to protect our left flank. And she gives you a push. <laughs> uh, I look at the crossbow and I say, fuck that. And I grab my daggers from underneath my coat and I'm going to try and throw them. Okay. At the uh, do you go to the, the left flank? Yes. 
Okay, so you go there. There's just two. Uh, right, right now, it's just two uh, bandits shooting, uh, and they have these hand crossbows that seemingly have multiple shots in. So they're gonna sound like go pew, like. After a few, they duck behind a rock and they reload and they pop back up and shoot some more. And they seem to be suppressing you at this point. Uh, but you can kind of get a shot on one or two of them. All right, I like to throw a dagger at one of them. Okay. Uh, roll an attack. Oh, not great. All right. Uh, that's a 13 to hit. 13? Mm -hmm. uh, just enough. So you're able to just kind of like... You, the more aer more aerodynamic dagger you have, you just wheel in and just and as he pops up, just get some and roll me some damage. Now question, would I get sneak attack? I'm going to say <laughs> no, because they can see you and they're not engaged with another individual. Alright, alright. Uh, that's seven points of damage. Seven points of damage? Yeah. Alright, with that seven, uh, you're eight, you see this one kind of fall back and like doesn't come back up. Don't know if they're dead or not, but does not come back up. Uh, an arrow is going to whiz past you, so we're going to see if it hits you. <sighs> uh, does a 12 beat your armor class? No. All right. So as you see, the other one sees his compatriot fall, pops up, and he, psh, 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 and these three arrows just like, <laughs> miss past you. I'm going to throw a dagger at that dude. Okay. Uh, roll me an attack. That is a 19. A 19? But my mind is older. Uh, <laughs> uh, 19 absolutely hits. Roll for damage. <laughs> Eight points of damage. <laughs> eight points of damage. Uh, all right. With uh, eight points, again, you toss it and also this hits them and it disappears behind the rock in the dust and you don't see them come back up. Okay, I'm gonna leap over. Is there some kind of barrier that I'm behind? I'm yeah, gonna like you're, you're go around a, or through. Uh, there's a, um, a basically it's a, a crate has been brought out and placed, and there's a couple people with crossbows just trying to shoot, but they're they're not trained to shoot crossbows accurately, so they're just missing hard. Okay, well I'm going to go run where I threw those daggers and retrieve them, and then I kind of want to hunker down where those guys were. Okay. Well, go see uh, go see where they are. Uh, you run up to the rocks and you see the two of them just kind of like laying down unconscious at least if not dead right. I'm going to pull my knives out of the dead bodies and do they have any more uh, yeah each of them have one other like each of them have their, their um, crossbows so two of these like very like mechanical hand crossbows that they hold and uh, a uh, two, each of them have one dagger so you would get two I just, from the I, I just want the daggers. I don't care about okay. the crossbows. You find two. They're very, they're very simple daggers. Nothing, nothing cool. special about them. Just a couple daggers. Mm -hmm. I see them. Uh, I'm a bod. Okay. And you just kind of hide behind that next rock. Roll me a perception mm -hmm. check. Uh, it will be with disadvantage because of all the dust kicked up and chaos. But let's see what you see. That's a seven. A seven? Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> You can't hear or perceive anything specific. However, you do see just a little bit away a cart where a horse is lying down. Don't know if it's dead or injured. And people rummaging through the through the cart. You can kind of make that out through the dust. 
Okay, I'm going to sneak and so I can hide behind the dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, roll me a stealth check, King. Cool. Okay. <laughs> 24 for stealth. A 24? All right, that's great. Mm -hmm. uh, you just you just very deftly, like you almost like move with the dust clouds all the way up and you're uh, just crouching behind the horse and you okay. can make out there's three individuals. One that is a larger one kind of being like, Hey, have you found it yet? Uh, and the two smaller, the two uh, human and a halfling go, uh, we're still looking boss. Come on, give us a fucking second. <laughs> uh, I would like to throw my daggers at them. Uh, which ones? Uh, we'll start with the halfling. Okay. Uh, roll an attack on the halfling. This is a sneak attack. So have rolled with advantage. Oh, I rolled two twos. Oh, you're kidding me. So, that, so that's an eight. Night king. All right. Uh, you tossed the daggers and it's like just disappear into the dust. Uh, or you, you roll a dagger and it disappears into the dust. You don't see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try again. Okay. Uh, let's. They, it wasn't a crit fail, so they don't see you, miss. But let's try again. Still hidden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a dirty 20. Dirty 20, that's going to hit. Roll for sneak attack and regular damage. That would be 12 points of damage. Well, hell yeah. Um, with that 12 points of damage, you just, you get this guy like in the dome and just uh, lights out down. Uh, and they go, huh? And uh, I duck. I roll, duck. <laughs> okay, then roll me a hide action. Like, let's just say this is your bonus action to hide. Um, 13. Okay, they go, huh? And they see it, and they're like, and they just hear the big one go, "Quick, move!" Uh, and there's some. You hear some more rummaging. Okay, I am the Baba Yaga. I want to throw another dagger <laughs> at <Jeez>. closer. <laughs> All right, the human is. You're kind of like throwing it. It's like it's a covered wagon, like a la Oregon Trail, and uh -huh. you're kind of throwing it through the opening to either side. Cool, cool. Um, so uh, you attack. Okay, that's a 17. 17? To hit. All right. Mm -hmm. With that 17, you absolutely hit the human. All right. And it's a sneak that's attack, so roll with... 11 points of damage. Okay, that, again, you just like, you just head on the first one, hide, and just pop back up, head on the second one, down. And you hear the, the big guy go, shit. And kind of like grabs a crate and picks it up. Do you hide again or do you, what do you do? I hide again, but not in the same place. I kind of like, like okay. go around. So I'm like kind of crouched behind the wagon wheel. Okay. Roll me a hide action or a, a stealth check. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Good thing I'm rolling terribly today. Uh, so you... Uh, you, and you just hide behind the wagon wheel and you see him kind of look around, doesn't see you. Grabs a crate 
puts it on this metal contraption he has, his vehicle, and gets on and vroom, vroom, vroom. Uh, Throw another dagger. Do you have that many daggers? I do, because I picked up thrown, those other two. Because you've thrown three, and you have one, right? Oh, I have one more. I have one more. You have one more, yeah. Because did you have two before, or did you have three before? Like, how many I daggers? Have, I have two daggers, a rapier, and a short sword. Okay, and and picked, then I picked you, up the other two. Okay, so yeah, this is your last dagger. Go ahead. That is a 15 to hit. 15 just mm-hmm. hits. Uh, are you hitting him or the vehicle? Him. Okay, that, that does hit. Um, roll for damage. Oh, not good. Um, six points. Six points? Oh, wait. All right. Are we doing it where we... I forgot our session zero. Wait, nope, never mind. Just kidding. Keep going. What was it? Oh, oh was I, it like if you I roll mixed, one? I missed crits and sneak attack damage. Disregard yeah, what I said. We're doing we're doing the crit where if you get... Uh, it's You get a, basically a full die added to. And you yeah, don't, don't worry. So that's uh, six points of damage. Six points? Okay, you, you, it sticks him square in a shoulder blade, but he's still, like, as, like, he looks back, he's seen, like, he sees you this time, and you see this, like, half-orc with these big old, like, tusks, like, kind of sticking out and curling, and he's like, and, and rides off. Um, roll me a perception check. Um... 16. All right, 16. Uh, you look around, and it's seemingly all the bandits have left. They all are, like, dispersing back up. Because these bandits came from the north, so they are going north. All right, well, that was exciting. And I go and retrieve my daggers. Yeah, you, Just... you walk up. Uh, and you find your other dagger kicked among the dust over there. Uh, as you're collecting your dagger, the dwarf woman comes up and goes, or the dwarf-seeming woman comes up and, wow, this is pretty, uh, it's pretty impressive. Did you do those just with those little pokers? Uh, yes. Nice. What's your name? Lilith. And Lilith, could you describe yourself standing post fight? A little <laughs> dusty. Describe yourself for us. Uh okay. Well, besides being covered in dust and blood now, she has pale blue skin and hair that is of like white, brilliant white and cropped just to her chin and tucked behind her ears. Uh, the whole look is like, if she stepped into a moonbeam, she'd disappear. Except for her eyes, which are a dark amber, dark gold. Uh, and she's wearing a long coat, long dark coat, that is slightly too big for her. Just it, The shoulders are a little too big for her. Can I hang it down? Yeah, and when she moves, you can kind of see underneath the coat 
there's lots of holsters on her her body for knives, and some of them have knives, and she likes sharp, pointy things. Um, and peeking out, just above the collar of her coat, is what looks like a tattoo, some kind of runic tattoo on her neck, but it's hard to make out because it's just kind of peeking out right at the top. A little bit of edge to it. Just a little edgy. Yep. Yeah, a little edgy. <laughs> She's usually always got an eyebrow raised about something. <laughs> Constant, like, subtle judge, like... Uh-huh. Hell yeah. All right. Anything else? That is it. Cool. Awesome. Uh, so, she got... All right, uh, Lilith. Uh, um, guess we gotta start cleaning up. And she just goes and starts like, looks at the dead horse and just curses. And uh, we're gonna skip forward a little bit. You clean up uh, a little bit. You don't do too much. The you find out that the rug seller actually is alive, uh, passed out from the pain of taking arrow to the back, uh, which ended up saving his life because. It made him less of a target. Uh, nobody has actually died from the attack, thanks to uh, efforts from individuals on the south side of the caravan and your side of the caravan, especially you. Uh, pushing in on them was able to drive them away. So that really helped out. Uh, you guys quickly get the caravan moving and you move past the star that the caravan was going through and further south. Uh, losing a little bit of time, you don't get too far until you get to make camp with nightfall, but it comes to nightfall and as it has been happening the last week, uh, they make a campfire and they make a nice uh, stew to partake in and some bread if you're hungry. Uh, and it's in the, the cold desert canyon. Um, it's nice to have a bit of a meal. Where are you during this? I grab the smallest bit of stew and I go and sit on a rock away from everybody, uh, barely in the light, and I eat my stew in silence. As you eat, it's pretty quiet. The attack kind of rattled a lot of people. And as you kind of take in everything around you, you see the dwarven woman, who you would know her by now. Her name's Oya, um, spelt O-L-G-A. She finishes her food and reaches into this case that she has next to her. You haven't seen her have during the other campfires. She pulls out this dark gray violin. Now this violin the seems a little worn. Maybe this the it's the finish has worn off from use and love, giving it almost a matte look. And as she pulls it out and is tuning it and like kind of keeps moving it around and like like tuning it, dun, 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 dun. you see on the back side of the violin 
a white skull. Almost seems like it was an inlay that used to exist on the wood of the violin um, of some kind of precious stone or metal. But it has been maybe since pried off, sold, you don't know. And under it, where the inlay would have been, is this white paint creating this white skull on the back of the violin. Oya pulls it out and in you get the feeling that it's in honor of maybe the people who died elsewhere in the caravan, but to ease the upset souls. She starts to play. And it's a sad, melancholic tune for the first verse. And it moves to maybe something a little more hopeful and soft and just continues. And it's simple. It doesn't overpower. But it does relax, seemingly relax the group. And Oya even adds on the last verse a bit of humming to kind of had a nice, and she's a nice deep alto and adds to it and it's relaxing. And the only thing that you can think while you're watching this is you want that fucking violin. She finishes her piece. A few people clap. A woman who was scared who saved is crying and she just kind of thank you um, Oya just nods her head gets another bowl of beans and sits back down Lilith wipes some tears from her eyes And she sets the stew down. She doesn't want to eat it anymore. And I'm going to wait until Oya goes to bed. And then I'm going to steal her violin. Uh, I'll use the same rules that I did with Ember and say, let's call this an investigation because I feel like staking out is more of a just like understanding patterns. And like, if you're intentively watching, it's not necessarily just like, do you see it? Um, but it's like, a, do you understand the actions that are happening? Um, so it's either insider, but I'm gonna give an investigation for this one. Could you roll me an, an investigation, please? Natural 20. Oh my, does everybody got a natural 20 today? <laughs> you all, oh my God, that's cool, all right. Yeah. Uh, sorry, audio. I just slapped my chair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you get an actual 20 and you just kind of watch Oya. Very relaxed. Does not cause any suspicion from Oya. You watch her head to her tent that she's packed up. She has a horse and doesn't have a cart. She has a tent that she uses. Very simple. And she, you see her enter her tent, lantern hanging from it. 
and you hear you hear a big crash and a fire appear off to the distance and you hear people go oh shit oh yeah we need you oh yeah oh you need to get on over here we need you and you see Oya just kind of like get out off her bed. About, she was about to go to sleep uh, and head out towards the fire. Okay, I'm going to go into her tent. Okay. Uh, roll me a stealth check just to see if anybody notices you. 13. 13? Okay. Uh... With the 13, you are able to kind of like look around, see nobody's really looking. Uh, it's also kind of a busy area of the caravan. Uh, people aren't really paying attention to that and you slip in. The tent itself is pretty simple. There's a little, uh, looks like a folding desk on one side with a few papers, uh, almost seems like music notes have been written out, written out on it and uh, lyrics. Almost like she's trying to write some music. Uh, in the back corner of the room, there's just a couple bags uh, and a barrel, like a little like stool with a plate on it with some of unfinished food. Then there's a cot with a small foldable nightstand with a little candle that's burning. And next to the cot is that dark case laid out. And there's a little lock on the case. Oh, do I take the case? Do I just take the violin? What do I do? It needs a case. It needs to be protected. But I'm going to take it all. <laughs> You're going to grab the case? Yes. Yeah. So you go, you grab the case. As you grab it and turn around to head out, Oya steps into the, the tent. What are you doing? Oh, I thought this was my tent. Oh. <laughs> Silly me, I'm just going to go. Sorry about that. I heard there was a fire. Did you take care of it? And I try to sidestep her. She steps in your way. Sit down. No. I saw you trying to steal my possessions. I need to ask a few questions. Sit down. <sighs> I plonk down with the, the violin case in my lap. She like, look, you like sit down on like the little stool that she has. Um, she looks at you and she says, would you like a drink? Is it poisoned? Um, hope not. I'm going to drink it too. Fine. Okay. She pulls out this little flask um, that has like this, like kind of these two little small drams that are like the, you know, those like flasks that have the, the cups as the lids, mm-hmm. pulls them apart, pours them out and gives you one and sits on the edge of her cot, kind of widespread, leans in, downs the, the whiskey she poured. Why do you want to steal my violin? I need it. You need it? Yeah. Elaborate. Um, I don't have any way to make money and uh, I can play. 
and I can make money that way. And if I'm being honest, I'm a I'm better at it than you are. It's <laughs> uh, up from on the cot and kind of like like she was like leaning forward, like in, in but then she kind of like leans back and goes, uh huh. Okay. All right. So here's the deal. I don't process my emotions well. And the only way I can process my emotions is to play. And I put everything that has ever happened to me or that I'm upset about into play in. And then I can move about my day and live. And I have not been able to play in weeks, in months, and some truly horrible things have happened. And I need this violin. Roll me a persuasion check with advantage, please. 12. She takes a moment and goes, shit, that's heavy. Play me a song. I don't play for other people. You want the violin? I want to hear you play. You say you're better than me. Play. But now you're going to give me a performance anxiety and I'm not going to be better than you. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to... I won't, you can, I won't even look at you. All right. I'll Fine. Even, you know what? You know what? I'll stand outside the tent. I'll keep an eye on you. I'll stand outside the tent. If you tell anyone that I played for you, I'll kill you. That's just how it goes. All right. Guess okay. I won't tell anyone then. I... She, she like gets up and she says, should be pretty tuned already. And goes and stands out and just kind of like, there, she has like a, a awning that she's with a tarp and she's just kind of like, it's nice and short up and she's just kind of like leaning on it and her periphery is on you, but she's not looking directly at you. Okay. I open the case. Is it locked? Uh, you find the, the, she gives you the key. Let's say okay. that. <laughs> I open the case and first I run my hands along the strings and then the strings I are nice. The the wood as you touch it is uh, a soft, not smooth, but soft, almost like a, a suede feel. Old wood, beautiful wood. And I take it up and take the bow. The bow itself is made of the same kind of dark wood. And then the 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 hair, the string, is black, seemingly taken from a black horse. All right, and I play. Describe it. It starts out sad and haunting and slow. And then it starts to build in momentum and it builds in a way that when you hear music and you feel it in the bottom of your stomach and there are 
notes of anger in it and there it's almost like if if a violin could crash it crashes and it crescendos into this like frantic thing and then decrescendos into this soft tired just petering off to the last note and at the end of it Lilith has tears running down her face and she quickly drops the bow back into the case and wipes her face all right oh yeah ducks her head back into the tent, just kind of stands at the entrance, arms crossed. I wouldn't necessarily use the word better than me, but potent, impressive. I liked it. I'm usually not into the very dramatic pieces. I'm more for the, more of a fiddler myself, but I liked it. Well, I'll let you have it. If you do a little thing for me. And what is that? Well, if it wasn't for the abundance of luck of me walking in at the right time, you would have had my violin and I wouldn't have ran into you. How about you do me a favor and I'll forget any of this happened and you can walk out with the violin. What's the favor first? Uh, She looks behind her outside and closes the flap of her tent, comes and sits on this cot next to you. There is an individual in this caravan. He's in uh, the second from the front. He is a mm, museum specialist, cartographer. I'm not too sure. Uh, His name's Franco Mughetti. And he's returning from, uh, do you know uh, where the Gilded Citadel is? Sure, yeah. Yeah, way up north. He did a big trip out there, and he was talking about all this crazy shit he had he was going to get. And there's this one thing that I want. Well, I'm looking to make a bit of coin, and I want to get it from him so I can get the person to get coin. Uh, It's apparently a map of some sort. I know he has it because he's been bragging about it. You're going to steal a violin tonight. Go and steal this map for me. And that's all I need. Violin's yours. We'll forget all about this. And if not, I can go talk to Modell. We can kick you out. And you get lost in the desert and die of dehydration. Not much of a choice, is it? Yeah, yeah, I mean, column A, column B. I'm going to go with column A. (sighs) Okay, fine. 
a map? Yeah. What if he's um, got the bit, what if he's got like twelve? How do I know which map it is? Probably has a lot. Uh, I took a few days ago. I he was bragging about it. And he showed me the case, and it's got a a Volknut on I, the le- this leather case, um, on imprinted on the outside of it. I'm, I I cannot pretend to know what that is. What is it? Oh, it, it just it's like three triangles put together. Okay, so look with for a map with three triangles on it and get yeah. it for you and bring it to you and then I can have this violin. Yeah, it's really that easy. Okay, cool. Uh, I'll be back in, give me 20 minutes. Oh, somebody's a bit cocky. All right. Okay, I'll be uh, waiting here. And you know what? If you bring it back, you got another shot of whiskey. Great. And I set the undrink, <laughs> like unconsumed shot of whiskey back on the table. She looks at it, shrugs, grabs it, and downs it. And I head off to the second second yeah. wagon. So second from the front. Uh, the group. Takes about mm, 10 minutes to walk all the way up there because each group's kind of, again, a little spaced out. Not spaced out to where they're isolated, but spaced out enough to where, like, say a pack of lions attacks the caravan it doesn't it they're close enough to aid each other but not uh not too close to where uh everybody's screwed so it takes a bit of time to walk all the way out there and get there uh you get to this again very similar setup a little bit of a um the wagons fire in the middle uh the tent's been set up multiple tents I need you to roll me an investigation check to see if you can locate Franco Maggetti's tent. Mugetti. Twelve. Twelve? All right. Uh, you look around. It takes a bit of time to kind of really, but there's one that you end up finding. You're like, oh, duh. It's a tent. A little more... It's a little bigger than the other ones. And within, there is crates upon crates. And parchment and a big working desk and this in a big wagon and an individual wearing these kind of white and gold uh, trimmed robes is outside their own smaller fire is made outside and you just kind of poke in the fire with a stick as you're watching another individual comes out a kind of a fatter uh halfling gentlemen he has these big old mutton chops that come down and he says Francisco I am going to retire you watch the camp and I will will pack up in the morning and he uh, and friend, the one in the gilded robes goes just kind of gives him a look and goes okay continues to poke the fire so can I deduce by this that where the dude's heading is where his stuff is? Yeah, that bigger tent within mm-hmm. there. Okay, I'm gonna like I'm gonna skirt around the tent. Okay, you just do a little a little around the tent, uh, kind of figuring out where to be, where everything is. Uh, roll me a roll, this would be a perception check to see what you can see through the, the canvas of the tent and try to make out the layout. 18. 18? 
Uh, Lit, yeah, uh, you look around. You're able to tell at least the side that the bed is on. Kind of get a good look at it. You see the shadow of the halfling individual crawl into bed, um, turn out a light, and it gets a lot dimmer in there. Uh, and you're also with the 18, you're able to see there's a little opening where if you wanted to cut through the canvas and take something and not enter through the front, you could. I'm going to do that. I'm going to just yeah. shoop and then Assassin's Creed under the <laughs> dead flap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're in a, what is it, a distrust zone at the moment. Mm-hmm. You slip in. Uh, roll me a stealth check just to see if Francisco hears you outside. 17. Great. You're able to slip in undetected. Uh, yeah. Uh, Franco is asleep. Uh, and you see there's a table with all these maps, these like these uh, larger, smaller tube uh, leather map cases that exist. Um, roll me an investigation check to try to find it. Seventeen. Seventeen. It takes you maybe a couple, maybe a minute to kind of like go through them, like hear something, stop moving, go through them again, and you're able to find this about about mm, two-ish feet long of this leather cylindrical map case and almost like branded into the side of the leather is the Vulcanut, which you've seen it. You, you, Hannah know what this looks like. Uh, it's like, I'll, I'll send It's like the three triangles put together. It's like a Norse symbol in real life. Um, but it, it's called the Vulcanut. Uh, is and- it small enough that I can put it up my sleeve? Uh, hypothetically, yes, but then your arm could not bend. That's fine. <laughs> I'll just keep down. Uh, and since and since you're, it's, it makes your the sleeve a little tighter. Uh-huh. But since you are, it is a little bigger on you, and it is able to work. Okay, I just like shove it up my sleeve. Yeah, just, uh, great. You ha- now have it. Where do you, what do you do? I'm going to go back out the way I came. Hmm. So you slip out the slit in the tent. Do you do anything about the slit or do you just leave it? It's a lesson. <laughs> it's a lesson yeah. for him. <laughs> All right, cool. As you slip out, uh, you, where do you go? Do you just kind of like move back around the corner and out? Well, I just kind of want to like stop for a second in the dark and listen to see if I hear him or anybody else. Yeah, uh, roll me a perception check then, please. Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a crit fail. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, first crit fail of the... Oh, no, second crit fail of the night. Uh, uh, yeah, so you kind of like sit there and you're listening for a bit. You don't somehow you're just focused on something else trying to like you're like oh it's gonna come from this way if anybody comes it's gonna come from this way behind you a step happens and you hear a hello and the figure clad in gold and uh white robes is standing above you 
looking at you confused. Uh, hello. I'm sorry. I I had a little too much to drink tonight. The, I'm lost. I can't find my tent. Uh, the, I'm sorry. I'm so embarrassed. I shouldn't have drank this much, but the, the whole attack scared me. And I'm, I don't... Can you help me find my way home? Roll me a deception check, you lying bitch. <laughs> oh, that's not good. That's a total of five. <laughs> well, let's see how he does. Roll the two. Kind of looks at you for a second. Looks at your sleeve. <laughs> looks at you. Looks at the tent. Sees the slit. What the hell are you doing? Just trying to find my way home. And I turn and I start to run. He grabs your arm. Oh, shit. And uh, grabs the arm with the tube in it. <laughs> uh, and he's going to roll a grab to try to grapple you. Does it confuse him? Um, he rolled a 19 to grapple you. Oh, well. Uh, do you want to try to break out of it? or just Sure. I'll give try it a to... shot. Is it a strength check? It'd be, yeah, cont- contested, check? contested athletics, technically. Oh. I can't, like, wiggle out of it. Uh, I mean, I think to escape, once you're in it, you could roll an escape artist, which is ac- acrobatics, then yes. Uh, but uh-huh. Well, that's an eight. Yeah, well, so he grabs you, mm-hmm. and he's not strong, but has a tight grip uh, and kind of pulls you back in. And you get a better look at him. He has a uh, just a very like simple, like kind of twisted mustache, little little soul patch. But it's not. You'd think it would look weird, but it doesn't. Uh, it works. It, it works. It for works him. for him. He has like a, a nice fade, uh, and these like kind of like gray eyes. He says, "Just tell me what you took, and maybe I'll look the other way." Uh, I don't really know what it is. It's just a map. I don't even want it. It's for someone else, but... Which map? Um, it's got places on it. It's rolled in a scroll. It, it looks has... at your sleeve and says, can I see it? Uh, fine, and I pull it out. Yeah, he sees, he sees the Valk now. He's like, oh... Sorry, who are you giving it to? Why? What's this map about? I don't think you are the one with the power to ask questions here. Well, who are you giving it to? I'm not going to tell you who I'm giving it to until you tell me what the map's about. Roll me me a persuasion check. (laughs) That is a 17. 17? Okay. Uh, he kind of like, un- like, like you kind of were like starting to shout a little bit to each other. He kind of like quiets down. He's like, "Okay, I don't know exactly what it's to. Supposedly, it's to a long lost key. It's it, the translation is really fuzzy. It's it's. Uh, do you know?" Do you know about like the treasure hunters of Camden Mesa and how crazy they are? No. Oh, 
well, that there's Canada Mace is full of treasure hunters because of all the ruins in the desert. And this merchant thought he could come to the Gilded Citadel, copy a bunch of maps, bring them down and sell them for a profit, which hypothetically he can. But we don't know what any of them are to really, because there's not a lot of information about them. So it's technically a map to some treasure, but like there's like 40 of them in there. So yeah, you can take that. I actually, this guy's a dick, so I don't care. Oh, do you work for him? Um, I don't work for him. I work for the information that he's carrying. That makes sense. No. Do you know what the Gilded Citadel is? Yeah. Actually, he kind of looks at me. He's like, "You just want to sit down by the fire and chat, so it's not as creepy as behind the tents whispering." Sure. I feel like it's going to help both of us in a situation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fine. Yes. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, okay. Uh, Francisco takes you. Uh, there's a couple stools by this little campfire he's made. Uh, and still a little hushed tone. Leans in and goes, um, so I work with the Gilded Citadel. Um, I'm an archivist with them. Do you know who they are? Uh, let's pretend I don't, just for the hell of it. Yeah, um, so we are an order founded about a century ago. And we basically just travel around the continent, collecting information and bringing it back to the Citadel to copy down. Uh, or just kind of a repository of information. So we had this, the original map is still at the Citadel. And so, and I was tasked with escorting this information down to Camden Mesa with this, this individual because he paid for copies. And now he has uh he's kind of was kind of a dick the whole way when it was a long trip like months so if this cheats him out of 100 gold pieces hell yes okay well great um thank you for your story I'm glad I'm helping you with your schadenfreude Freude? schadenfreude yeah, uh, whatever that's called and um, sorry I didn't get your name what was your name uh Lilith. Lilith. Uh, mm-hmm. Are you staying in Camden Mesa? Uh I'm I'm going there. I don't know how long I'm gonna stay there. Okay. Well I'll be there for a while too if you ever need to hand on something or run into more weird maps. I'll be there. Okay, bud. Oh what? Uh thanks for the map have a good night yeah yeah, yeah, sure see you later bye (laughs) and i walk away (laughs) you're just like very confused just like okay just put back to poking at his fire (laughs) uh you walk back unmolested just fine i walk into Oya's tent. Is she awake still? Yeah, she's up. She's just kind of like has a whiskey. Just she seems to be reading a book, flipping through it, sipping on some whiskey. Okay, so it took longer than twenty minutes, but not that much longer. Here's your map. Good luck finding whatever keys on there. Can I have my violin? 
Well, hell yeah. <laughs> Reaches down, gives you the violin, gives you the key to the lock. It's yours. Cool. Uh, have a good night. Before you go, one last thing. Are you looking for work when you get to Canada Mesa? I hate that I have to say yes. Yes. Don't have mm. a lot of money. Yes. That's fine. I know a few individuals, if you want me to, who are interested in a person of your talents. Uh, would you be interested in meeting them? Sure. All right. Um, I'll come grab you. Well, do you know where you'll be staying in Camden Mesa? Uh, the the inn with the cheapest drinks and the cheapest rooms. You've never been? No. <laughs> okay, there's two. One's really seedy. Uh, it's called the Bricks. It's going to be the cheapest, but it's also kind of the dodgiest. There's one that's a little more expensive, but not much. It's called Cottonmouth. Uh, Where are we going to be? Are you trying to tell me that I should stay at Cottonmouth and not Bricks? Because Bricks sounds like a fun time. At least it'll be exciting. I mean, if you want to stay at Bricks, yeah. There's like a fighting ring there. Oh, great. Yep, I'm going to Bricks. Oh, all right. Okay, well, I will... I'll find you. I'll have to reach out to them, see if they're willing to meet you. Um, but I'll find you at Bricks, and uh, I'll introduce you. Cool. All right. Happy drinking. Thanks, Thanks for the violin. And happy playing. Go cry your ass off. <sighs> and I walk away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you find to your little area, you have a little tent that you've brought along. And you have your violin. What do you do? I go to sleep with okay. my violin in my arms because I don't trust any of these fuckers. Okay. I'm going to fast forward one more time. You arrive to Camden Mesa. Camden Mesa is a large city made up of two tiers. A river runs in between the city and uh, a waterfall cascades down right in the center. Separate, the city is separated into three sections. There is the High Camden, which is where the royalty, the Doge, exists. Uh, the Upper Camden, which is upon the Mesa. It is the more opulent, nicer stores, better inventors, just more pricey living, but nicer. Lower Camden, however, is a little bit different. Uh, kind of a mixed bag. There are some nice areas of it, some family areas, but there's also some very seedy areas. There is one section of it that is referred to as the mud pits, or as the locals refer to it as the pits. That is where, because that's where the water comes down and this red clay soil mixes into this thick mud that gets over everything. And this red clay is just caked onto everything. And anybody who spends more than three days in Camden Mesa, in the in Lower Camden, will just be covered in this mud or have something covered in this mud. The bricks are located 
smack dab against this cliff edge that's about 500 feet up. And there's even like warehouses and little tunnels built into the side of the cliff and elevators and all these sort of contraptions contraptions that lead up and down. The bricks, kind of a sea pub, uh, decently large, half of it is built into this wall. And there is a large circular pit in the corner that you'll find people fighting every once in a while. Place bets every once in a while. It's very cheap. It's only a, a five copper for a night. And for a place to sleep, even though it's a cupboard of a room, and a pretty mediocre breakfast. It's mostly just you assume it's some kind of pork, but you don't want to ask. About a week passes. Just kind of spinning your wheels in Camden, getting to know the city a little bit kind of knowing where certain places are. And you finally, one day, while you're having breakfast, in walks Oya. She sits down across from you. Says, all right, so I got a meeting. They want me to bring you to their warehouse. It's uh, right there on the cliff. You in? Sure. All right. Well, finish your damn breakfast and let's go. I'm, uh, I'll pass on the breakfast. Let's just go. Even better. Slaps the table. Gets up. You coming? Uh, yep. Let me just grab my stuff and yep, we'll go. And I run up to my room and put everything, the, the minimal stuff that I have in my pockets. And then in this week that I've been here, I fashioned kind of like some kind of strap thing so that my violin can be on my back. And if I need to, I can like pull it out real quick and like the bow and the violin are in there. Hell yeah, love it. All right, so you grab, gather up your stuff. Do you just leave your room and not come back or you can still keep your room? I don't know. It's uh, more of like, I'm just in case. Yeah. Just in okay. case. Yeah. Okay, you head on out. You follow Oya all the way up. You get to the edge of the cliff, out of the mud pits. You've kind of come up in elevation a little bit through one of the merchant streets um, that kind of like goes along the south side of the city. Uh, Oya yells up to an elevator worker. This lift comes down. You get on the machinery. You just start. You get about halfway up about 250 feet into the air, approximately. And there are these trails and these very, like they're, they have railings, but precarious uh, walkways along the cliff edge. She leads you across kind of over to a little bit to the side of town, the side of the cliff, um, slightly secluded, but not very to this warehouse that has been built out onto this, like, like a outshoot of the cliff. It is moderately sized. Um, you can probably fit maybe four carts abreast within it. Kind of tight, but you'd be able to work inside of it. And there's just one kind of two double door, one set of double doors that are the entrance. And Oya looks at you and says, 
Well, they're interesting people, and they've got some interesting people here, but well, maybe it'll work out. Knocks on the door a few times in a, in a rhythm. The doors slide open. And standing there are these two individuals. One is dark-skinned, frizzy hair pulled back into a bun, scar across the nose of her brow, golden eyes. She's wearing a tunic and it shows some scars along her neck and chest and cropped pants. You see scars on her legs. The male individual, bald, small goatee, cropped short, kind eyes, not red, not golden anyway, but a deep brown, dark skin, sees you. He's wearing these simple robes, has a book tucked under his arm. Behind them, you see a hooded individual standing up on a little platform, looking down, little loft area some straw in his clothing. He has these slitted eyes that only peek out from the hood. Another individual is this beautiful dark-skinned man with this fade and these dreads tied up into a bun behind him. And standing behind in the back of the warehouse on the ground floor is this large lion-like humanoid seemingly sparring with another cat-like humanoid bickering with each other it seems about something and pointless but then as you the doors slide open they all turn to look at you and that's where we'll pick up when we're all together next week <laughs> next week for our first official session of the first campaign of bards of new york when all of our players are together the true send-off that we will have hey thank you so much for hanging out with us thanks for playing some DD with us and we love you we and love we will you. see you next week thank you y'all thanks for listening Bards of New York streams on Twitch every Monday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, if you have the means, you can donate to the show through Twitch or through the link in the podcast description. Any and all donations go directly into making the show as high quality as possible, and we appreciate any support you can provide, even if it's just a listen. Thank you so much. We love you. See you soon.